Who was sent out here to do a story? To do a story about what? Uh, as you can see, there's construction underway here. Uh, they've dug out a little bit. There's water has accumulated. Traffic's backed up. And the city decides with Houston, there's always traffic. So what's the big fucking deal? What the fuck are we doing out here? I ask you, what in the fuck are we doing here? I really... No, I really want to... I got some bad ideas in my head. I just... Cookies need love like everything does. <laughs> and I will tell you... It's three agencies of government when I get there that are gone. Commerce, education, and the, um, uh, what's the third one there? Let's see. What's the purpose of the experiments? To stimulate the pineal gland of the resident vibrations. The pineal gland? Why? Dr. Pretorius believed the pineal was a dormant sensory organ. The sixth sense. Yes. Well, that's not a new theory. The philosopher Descartes believed it was the third eye. No, it's a fact. Yeah, I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. I mean, look, we can all get into sort of feeling, you know, sorry for ourselves or having a pity party about the past or what's happened. It's just not worth it because it affects the present and it affects the future. You can't sort of play into that sort of stuff. Welcome to Pop Culture Purgatory. Welcome back to Pop Culture Purgatory. This is Jeremy. This is Deason. Chris Charlie Martins. And I have my buddy Martin here. Hi. Hi, Martin. What's up, dude? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything above me. All my problems in life. Everything. <laughs> I'm busy as fuck, man. Everything's up. You are busy when you're going to college, you got a comic book store, you got a job. Yeah, okay, I got I work seven days a week. Brag. And I'm in school. That's a lot of juggling, dude. It is, yeah, and a, joke. I got a wife I got to keep happy, too. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know what year this came out, but uh, hopefully you can tell me. Uh, we're talking about Cody and Cambria's, not, I didn't know this, that's not their first album. I guess this is the first album, huh? Yeah, it's their first, like, full album, this. yeah. <clears throat> those, well, those <clears throat> are EPs are not considered albums, right? Yeah. Yeah, I do. No, but not, not I'm talking about, like, They're not considered full albums, yeah, 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 yeah they're, they're called, right. yeah. Uh, we're talking about uh, Quentin Cambria's second stage, Turbine Blade. Well, that one is a full-length album. Yeah, it is. Right. Are we, okay, yeah, are we so all on the same page? No, <laughs> I, was, I was talking about that because I consider it an album. You have, like, you have like Zap from Alice in Chains. I consider it an album. It's got like four or five songs on it. But anyways. Well, no, this one, second this stage, Turbine Blade's got like 11 songs on it. What was that? You're talking, are you talking about the Shibuti stuff? Yeah. Oh, no, I was talking about the LPs before this. Okay. So this is their first full album release. They had full two album. EPs before this. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And it was released on March 5th, 2002. Oh, okay. All right. 
Uh, that's so second stage was on in 2002. Yeah. Yes, March. Okay. Yeah. Uh, originally, right. it says. I thought it was 2001. So, um. Yeah. Originally released on March 5th, 2002, through Equal Vision Records. It's their first album, uh, telling the story of the Amory Wars. Of course, it was then re-released on September 20th, 2005, including the bonus tracks. The I, had three, that, I had that copy too. Was, yeah, uh, that's so so. Off I. Tower of New Mexico and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just as an aside, it wasn't actually called the Amory Wars back then. Yeah, I didn't think he got it off. He did a George Lucas moment. He couldn't figure anything out yet. Yeah, they didn't. He, <laughs> they, they renamed it uh, Amory Wars probably around 2008, I think, something like that. No well, shit. He started producing the comics, right? Yeah, it was somewhere. Well, that time. the the very first two comics that came out were independent stuff from his his publishing Evil, company, Evil Ink Comics, Evil Ink yeah. Production or whatever. And that that series was it was actually called the Bag Online Adventures. Oh right. And that's what it was called at first. So it was, it was the Bag Online Adventures, Second Stage Turbine Blade, and then uh, a couple. So it only made two issues then. Yeah. And um, a few years later, it got picked back up by Image Comics. Already by then, though, it had been renamed uh, Amory Wars. Right. So mm. uh, I don't know where the Bag Online. I think actually was because um, I think at the time when Cody, uh, Claudio was writing that, <clears throat> he lived in like. Uh, uh, England or something like that. He was overseas, I think. Oh, okay. I thought that was during part four, or I thought that was during the the third album. Like him and his girl left, and he wrote like all that pissed off in England or something. I don't know. I could be confused, man. I well, yeah, it's been forever since I've I've looked into this. Same but here. I I think I think most of that most of the album stuff was actually after all all that had already ended. So oh, okay, okay. I think he he started writing everything when he was in college overseas i think he did like a year abroad or something like that um and oh hence the i'll have paris and flame shit that's probably where that line came from or something yeah yeah and um so the bag online it was it was a reference to like a bagel thing or something across the bagel from where he, where he lived. yeah it was something like that i don't i don't remember now but it's it's uh it's like you know this deep deep rabbit hole you can go to if you want to look up yeah. Claudio Sanchez is like his his motives and everything. Yeah. <laughs> his origin story. Yeah. <laughs> Claudio. Yeah. <laughs> but this, I mean, this album kind of sets. This is the first. Uh, did the previous EPs have anything to do with this universe, or does this? I don't think so at all. First, uh, sort of, um, yeah. sort of, and like, well, okay, so the first band, the band was originally called Shibuti, right? That uh-huh. carries. What's the song? What's it being called? Shibuti. Shibuti? Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. carry that carries over into into the Coheed story proper because Shibuti is what the two little kids yeah. mm-hmm. called Coheed, their their dad, um, before he kills them. Um, I may be yeah. jumping ahead when I say that, but um, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, so yeah, they call him Shibuti. So I know that's a carryover for sure. I don't know what else is. He says, he said it in good. Uh, uh, not good Apollo uh song or he's Chibuti. No, it's <laughs> it's in it's in uh, second stage. Chibuti. It's uh yeah, and it's just um Double it's, Jersey uh, City, right? Yeah, that one. Oh, yeah, okay. it's right yeah, at the very beginning. beginning of that. That's it. Yeah. And it's in the comic book too. Oh, okay. They do right. see they, the two you do see it in the comic book. I forget about that. Yeah. It's been a long time since I read them, so well, I've yeah. been a long time since I've listened to any coheed at all, to be honest. And like going back on this, I was kind of reminding myself why I liked them so much. <laughs> right. I, right. I don't know what it is. You know, there's just bands that just come in your life and then exit, and it's just something you don't keep up with. But uh, to set the stage for coheed, like just seeing what Claudio Sanchez looks like with his massive afro and his voice, it's insane. And the fact that he's shredding lead while singing at the same time at the pitch he's singing at, I think captured me almost immediately when I first saw videos of, of them playing live. 
Right. Yeah. Delirium Trigger was the first song I heard by them, period. Like, man, like, Christ, I was like a freshman probably in high school. So, I don't know, 2002, somewhere around there. Oh, my God. And, um, um, I, 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 to be honest, I, I didn't like his voice at all at first. Like, it took me a long, it, not really a long time, but it, I had to listen to it a whole lot. Cause at that time, I'm into like Tool, Pantera, fucking Alice in Chains, you know, like right, you know, yeah. a lot of the grunge and heavier shit. And hearing, you know, Shabooty, just like yeah. a weird kind of culture shock <laughs> for me, I guess. <laughs> it's funny though. I mean, you know, even Keener, I mean, uh, Keenan, he, he sings kind of high for sometimes. He, he'll yeah, sing in a fast like this. Saying. Yeah, yeah, no, the stylistic way that, that Claudio sings is almost reminiscent of just, like, pop music in some kind of weird way. And I, I love it. It's, it. Yeah. It's in hindsight, I, I, it, it's, it's his his vocal delivery is what, you know, obviously with everything else, the music, it makes the music, you know. Hmm. And so, in hindsight, of course, I loved it. But at first, no, I'm not going to – I couldn't fucking stand it, man. Like, I did not <laughs> – I did – I was not a big fan. I, I loved the uh, music, but I had – the the lyric – I mean, the, the, the vocal style grew on – it had to grow on me. Yeah. I, I remember um, I came to your apartment back in the day. Yeah. And then you and Rob were listening to it. Yeah, well, Robert, well, a, a mutual friend of all four of ours. Yeah. Um, That's how I heard about it through. When, yeah, uh, yeah, me too. That's how I found out about it. He came over to my, my apartment. I was 18. Um, he's like, dude, 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 you got you to gotta listen to this. You got to listen to this. <laughs> and um, he, we didn't have the album at the time. And he was able to look it up online. I don't remember exactly what website he went to. This is so funny because this is like, yeah, 2002, 2003, something like that. And um, the Internet is like a completely different animal right. nowadays than yeah. it was back then. Right. And um, so I don't know how he found it. But he showed me off of uh, In Keeping Secrets, the song, the track just before The Crowing. And at the end of it, I don't remember the name of the track, but at the end of it, it's uh, just pull the trigger and the nightmare stop. And I mean, we just laughed our asses off. <laughs> <laughs> you will. It's, it's such a uh, it's such just a, a paradigm shift between how the the content of the the lyrics and how how incredibly happy he sounds. Right. Because the lyrics are so Fucking sad. Uh, it's so violent. It's just yeah. like, pull the trigger and the nightmare stops. Yeah, that is one of the worst things you could tell somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but and just put a put a pop vibe on it. It'll be fun. Yeah, the, the delivery <laughs> totally is just whitewashed it, man. And <laughs> yeah, I was hooked from then on. Yeah. You guys got me hooked too. Yeah, this this yeah, we all this happened is, real fast. <laughs> this is one of those things that I have a very hard time understanding just how popular this band is. And I've seen them live several times, but I don't really know that I, I always like attribute my own experience to what everybody else's would, but I don't know if I could say that you know everybody had the experience of listening to Coheed around our age and because I don't know a whole lot of people outside of our group of friends that really talks about them at all or did even around that time. Well, I, that might be a symptom of the fact that we're just in our, our circle now. You know what I mean? Right. Like we have our group of friends and the people that are outside of that are, are people that are probably – maybe older than us and you know in our work mm -hmm. environments all that kind of stuff because i do see that coheed is still very popular i don't know if you follow them on like their social media at all mm -hmm. but um i mean they still get thousands and thousands of people commenting on all their social oh, wow. media posts and it's you can generation too it's a diff, diff, completely different generation yeah. and um it's weird because I'm, there are there are 18 year olds getting into it now i'm sure today <laughs> oh. which blows my mind holy and, shit and um the, the what the material they have for Coheed is so vastly different than what I had when they first I, came yeah, out. Man, mm -hmm. I know. Yeah, yeah, and you know there was only two albums. I didn't know anything about Shibuti. 
uh, had no way of. You know a lot about Shibuti. I know a lot of that. I know about your Shibuti. Hey! I mean, nowadays, what, how many albums do they have now? Like 10, 11, something like that? Something like that. Fuck a lot, yeah. And I only like like three and a half of them. That's me. Shmi. Shmi. Shmi's me. I'm Shmi. But, um,. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, they're eighteen-year-old people getting into it today. I'm sure, and like yeah. what, how they love it is just so probably very different than how I did. Yeah. It's, it's, diff- it's different music. It sounds very different now. Yeah, for better or for worse, you know what I mean. Right, and I always for thought worse. it was interesting. Um, I agree. Yeah, it's better. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I always thought it was interesting that uh, uh, you know I look back at like bands like uh, you know like Rush or whatever. Uh-huh. They have concept albums, you know. Yeah. And how like nerdy it was for like uh, for them. For some people, it seemed to them like it's like this is a story. I just want to hear some. I just want to get drunk and listen to like uh like ACDC or some shit. Yeah. But the fact that a band that had uh, that created the story became so popular, it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like uh, because you guys, my. I, I was just saying I knew fuck all about the lyrics or the story. Like when the first time I listened to this album, I, I remember even going through. It's like this guy is a really fucking weird way of saying sentences. <laughs> <laughs> like, he like does Yoda talk half the time. Like it's just like kind of backwards. Of, but you know, I didn't realize that that was, it was. I didn't realize I was telling the story when I was fucking you know fifteen, sixteen, hearing this for the first time or whatever. Yeah, and well, yeah. I guess, so I, said, I guess I had the upper hand because Martin Robert were there. And they told well, me, you guys told me it was a story. So. Well, the crazy thing is, is Robert said it was based on a comic book when he introduced it oh, to me. And I remember okay. that I remember that, that conversation playing his day because, um, I mean, it just I fell in love with the band so quickly, right? Yeah. So right. he was like, yeah, this, this is based on a comic book. And I don't know how he knew that at the time because, again, like I said, the internet is just was just not the same kind of easily accessible thing. Right. And um, there was no comic book then. The no, comic book itself didn't come out for like another five years. Right. I mean, I think the first actual comic book came out by the time uh, Good Apollo came out. Okay. And and the um the the two bag online adventures issues that came out, I think I'm positive they came out around 2007. And so something like that. Yeah, yeah something like that. And um that, that that just there was no comic book. So, I mean, I knew that there was going to be one. So I, I knew that, that uh, instinctually, I guess. But you know, so you think then that oh, there there is a story here. Because if you didn't know that, you would just assume that it's just music. It's just music. Yeah. yeah. Random words put together. And... Well, I mean, it's intentional no matter how you look at right, it. Right. But, right, right. yeah. I mean, it would not have made as clear sense. Nope. Yeah. Especially him changing his voices to represent different characters. and Yeah. That. Yeah. It, it, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't have been able to parse out. Like, I have parted three ways or even number your nephew uh little little clips like that you wouldn't have been able to like what does that mean yeah yeah mm-hmm. look exactly. I, I just had to pull up my fucking i had the good apollo comic right here and they said the copyright date on the back of this one says 2006 mm. on, on which one for good, good apollo. apollo 4 the is that the graphic novel yeah okay okay so it's, which it's, i didn't realize it came out that early for some I, for some reason i thought it came out like a couple years after that uh good apollo album came out it, that, was, I, that was part of it that it was like a package out, deal it was a package deal yeah. at at uh, okay. at um hot topic hot topic, hot topic yeah. okay that, I'm, I'm getting my dates mixed up it's, I mean, God, it's four, I got, 14 I got the, years it's ago it's been so okay. long dude i know i got, I got, I got, I got the book <laughs> and i got the cards and i got the cd Oh yeah, I forgot about the, the cards. The cards. Oh came with, yeah, I forgot about the cards. The the double CD that has the DVD like with yeah, the, the hour yeah. long. I still that's have the one that. I got. Yeah, I have that too. Yeah, I I went to Hot Topic. I bought the graphic novel there. Right. Yeah, because you could get that just by itself. Yeah, you could get by itself. Yeah. 
which I actually I still have, and I, it's for sale in my comic book shop. Stop by Middle Earth Comics. Plug it, plug it, hey, plug, <laughs> it. Yeah, get that. plug that shit in Houston, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> That was fucking amazing. <laughs> you need to make one of those. Like, you make. You ever seen before? I was gonna tell you to make that. There's a commercial. There's a commercial in Goodfellas where this guy's selling toupees. They always stick on. Yeah. Comes off like toupee Charlie's or some shit. I haven't seen it. That's Hilarious. pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's um, this is a, it's a big. It was a game changer, man. Not only because of uh, the style, the singing, um, and I kind of felt like um, I had listened to Rush so much with my dad, and my mom. I kind of felt that way to me, at least. Uh, but um, in the in the sort of the uh, the um, the craftsmanship of all the all the all the guys in the band mm-hmm. kind of felt that way too. They all like everything sounds every everybody has a, 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 a place to play. You know what I mean? Well, it's very like I mean, without being overly like simplistic about it, it's very uh, like symphonic. You know what I mean? Right. It, it's, okay. it does sound like it's an orchestra, and yeah. it's uh, oh, it sounds so uh, epic. Just yeah, like, and it's composing, so heavy, and right. that's that's definitely where I think you can draw the, the similarities with like Rush because yeah. they're they're how they structure their music is very like uh, elaborate yeah. and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and uh, can be massive. epic at times. Yeah, 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 nice, yeah, and of course they both sing in falsetto, so that, that's the easiest way to. <laughs> There's to no it. way they weren't influenced by Rush. <laughs> oh yeah, no I, doubt. No, they said yeah, they said Audio has I think he I've, he's has said before that he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was not uh, not influenced by Rush. He was more of a. Uh, um, Iron Maiden fan. Okay, that was what he liked. Was Iron Maiden. Weird because it's it, there's there's just stuff that there's some songs, especially like uh, uh, what's what's the uh, twenty one fourteen? Yeah, it was very much like a Rush song, but well, even the title. I mean, twenty one twelve. Yeah, but then it's funny enough. He does that. He does that that YouTube show that's where they get bands together and they play. Like, uh-huh. He does. He does fucking. Uh, it is one of the Rush songs. Yeah, well, he sounds just like Eddie Lee. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you, in in this day and age, of course, he's going to do a Rush song. Of but course, yeah. He also did uh, the Trooper. Kohe did the Trooper. They, they did do the Trooper. I and, think that's a good cover. And that's that is like the best uh, recorded uh, Iron Maiden song ever. Get real. <laughs> can't, can't agree with you there, but it was, it was a damn good try. <laughs> I don't need you to. I don't need you to agree with me. I, oh, I know, Martin. Oh, I know. <laughs> All right. So well, the, the, the storyline is still kind of spotty for me on this. Um, I get the general arc of what's happening, but there seems to be a lot of details in every one of these songs. That again, yes, we have the comics, but I wish there's something that just kind of split up what's happening when I mean, it kind of gets more jumbled in this i think than it does in later albums i think it's more clear what actually I, I think especially i don't know how much if y'all have ever read any of the comics i've read it through um good apollo because that's what that is much has been uh, published mm-hmm. so th- through boom comics they've done the first three albums through boom uh, boom entertainment or whatever it's called and they've done second stage they've done in keeping secrets and a uh, good apollo i did um, not know that probably. yeah you didn't know that? I know that. So if you read it and then you go back and listen to the albums, it's very linear. Okay. Really? It, yeah, it really is. It's, in, it's I, incredible. In it. Yeah, it's just it's very those, concise. Um, that's Evil Ink comics. I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Well, in the Evil Ink, the two issues are are pretty straightforward. Um, I don't remember. It's, it's it, it start, does start at the very beginning with uh, Second Stage Turbine Blade, yeah. and um, it goes through the whole thing. Hmm. And in and, and Second Stage, if you read the, the comic book, you understand what that means. Yeah, I forget. It's a it's a prison planet. Okay. Yeah, it's it all takes place on a prison planet. It's it's pretty interesting. All right. Like that, like that Riddick game. They call it prison planet. It, it's better than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than that too. 
<laughs> I agree. <laughs> uh, I want to say, uh, uh, do you want to just talk, we want to talk about the this, this story more? We, we want to talk about them both together instead of going track by track like we usually do. Uh, yeah, I mean, whatever you want to do, I could talk. I could I could explain the entire story, but that would go over every album pretty quickly. <laughs> it really, really would. We're just doing this album, so yeah, let's go. All right, so uh, this is the first. Well, this is not this is not the first song of the album because there's like a sort of opener. Yeah, well, it's, it's to the, the album track. Yeah, second yeah. stage turn left. I love it because it kind of signals through the rest of the albums how that's going to be. It's like a transfer of time, if I'm not mistaken, whenever you yeah. hear that, the mm-hmm. main intro theme, it's which you don't get to. to. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm agreeing no, with you. It, it's, meant to, it's meant to signify the passage of time. Yeah. That's what that is. And, and they I'm do like, these little instrumental breaks throughout as well to show that like it's changing the acts or what's happening throughout the album. Yeah. Yeah. And you, there's not as many on this one as you as we hear in later albums, of course. But fuck, dude, like it's it 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 adds more of an element to the story and kind of more of an epic mix to it. And like, it, yeah, I, I really love it. But the main reason why they didn't wasn't on there is because they fired the the drummer got he quit the band and he was the one that wrote all that. Really? Oh yeah. no way! Because I was <laughs> yeah, because I was reading in the liner Fucked notes that it says it says so and so. Hang on, <laughs> Nate Kelly played drums on Delirium Trigger and Thirty Three. I was like, who the fuck is Nate Kelly? <laughs> Must have been that guy. <laughs> no, no, no. They're 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 normal drummer. He's the one that wrote it. The dude he he left he left the band. He went and just he did his own like hip hop thing for a few years. What? Yeah, I don't. Really? What's his name? Josh, oh, yeah, Josh, Josh, yeah. Josh Edpard, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah he, he, he wrote that stuff, yeah. Well, it worked out for them. It did, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's get into it, guys. So start talking about sure. it. Sure. Yeah, so it starts off with the instrumental uh, second stage turbine blade. Uh, so yeah, crossing that. So next up is Tom Consumer.
solid track. Uh, I wish I knew enough to specify everything that's happening in the storyline. <laughs> I meant to be honest with you, I don't feel like that's like entirely important because when I first listened to this album and even to this day, I don't think about this the story necessarily when I sing the lyrics. I know that may be bad or whatever, but fuck, man, it's just like it's so goddamn catchy. Mm-hmm. And at that point my life i'd never it was completely different from anything else i'd listened to like the poppiness and upbeat like martin was saying but you know fucking juxtaposed with all these horrific fucking murderous lyrics at the same time <laughs> yeah it's so, easy like, to me, it's not, it was never a big deal about not, not understanding the stories you know back then i just loved the music so much and his wording that's the big thing for me his like meter and shit the way he'll say like fucking 10 words in such a short amount of time but it still fits the timing it's so weird um, so this song does this song take place on the prison planet? No, no, no. Okay. This this is before that because this in the in the actual story, what happens first is that um, uh, the parents, Coheed and Cambria, um, they're living a normal life with their four children. Uh, Coheed himself is like a uh, construction, construction worker, worker or something right. like that, and he gets approached by Monstar. No, no, no. Oh. They, the Monstar's inside of them. We're, we're skipping way ahead when we oh, say I'm that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let's not talk about so, 10 speed right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what happens is that he gets approached by uh, a character by the name of Mayo Deftonwolf, and he is uh, like a goon, basically. Okay. And um, he pulls Coheed aside, and I think he might run into him more than one time in the, the early parts of the story. And he convinces him um, that he's been infected with this virus. Okay. And... Um, it's 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 so in depth because you can go back even further than this with with the uh, year of the black rainbow which is a prequel right, to all it's of this. Right, a prequel to all this, yeah. And mm-hmm. you kind of have to understand that story to understand what ends up happening in uh, second stage turbine blade. But Coheed and Cambria are their memories had been wiped up to this point. Okay. And as he's speaking with Mayo Death and Wolf, things start coming back to him. Okay. And he realizes that what he's saying is probably true. And so then he takes, of course, what, ah, what he does next. Manipulate. He gets manipulated, okay. yeah. Okay. And that's how you change. That's why he turns on the kids. That's what, why he okay. turns on the kids, right. yeah. Right. And, the, and then later on in this song, it says, Me and my star, Matthew, good night. You know, by law, you, uh, you will be forgiven. Maria, and my star. This is this is Kohi telling his kids good night. And that okay. this is them. Like He's basically saying, I love you. I'm never going to see you again. Right, right. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna murder it's you. Great chorus, by the way. Pretty uh, fucking dark chorus. for first track off the album, but also hilarious that they took ten years to explain what's going on in the fucking beginning of this. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Though, Matthew, good yeah. night. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Oh god. Um. So, who's the time consumer? Uh, that I don't remember if that's okay. even a specific individual or if that just happens to be. Uh, a lyric. I mean, that's why I not, was... not everything actually has a meaning. You know, I mean, right. some things are just the words that sound nice as they sing in them. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was like because I thought that he's on the prison planet and it's consuming his time. He's on the planet. That that is way after this. Okay. Yeah, that is way after this. Is this right? Is Jersey City next? Devil in Jersey City. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah, it's I like think third, potentially. Yeah, because I'm song. on I'm on AZ lyrics. And they don't ever. They usually kind of fuck up the 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 way they're lined up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Devil in Jersey City. There's the hee hee booty. Yeah. Hee hee
I think this might be their most popular track, right? Or their most famous track at the time, their standout single. And I couldn't, oh man, I couldn't stand this fucking song. Well, yeah, because, I mean, especially at the time, because they only had two albums out. I mean, you think about when we were introduced to them, they, they this is still like two or three years before uh, Good Apollo, which in my opinion is their best album. Mine too. <laughs> but but um, this, yeah, this is probably is. You know what the sad thing is? I've seen Coheed like five times live. Mm-hmm. They've mm-hmm. never played this song. Why? I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh man, I got lucky. I went to the Neverender tour and like fucking. Oh really? The first one for that, yeah, it was fucking insane. I oh, literally okay. like, I was there with a friend of mine, and this motherfucker kept trying to go outside to smoke cigarettes, and I'm like, dude, I'm not leaving this fucking. Like, <laughs> I will be, my ass will be parked here the whole time. You can find me after the show. I don't care. I'm not leaving. <laughs> and Chris said that he didn't like this song. This is my favorite song off of this album. Oh man, no, not for me. I, I don't know what it was. I think it was because it was what everybody associated this band with was this song. But that doesn't make me automatically dislike something. I think it was really? the course this of one? this. Yeah. This was a, this is a song I think that everybody knew, wasn't it? For me, it was I, always a favorite House Atlantic that that was like the I'll first, like, and I, I know that's the next, uh, yeah, I know that's, you know, yeah. fucking years, a couple years down the road. But yeah, I, I'd never heard of any, the only one I'd ever heard of was Delirium Trigger before this. And like right after I was getting into this oh album, God, then I found out like, well, I would think, I mean, personally, I would think that probably the, the most recognizable song and probably the strongest song that would be like, this is Coheed from those two albums at the time would have been The Crowing. Right. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, for sure. I mean, I think The Crowing I, because The I Crowing. I never heard that on the radio, but I would hear uh, Favorite House Atlantic all the time on the radio. Favorite House oh, Atlantic was fucking Yeah, I, I guess I guess probably in terms of like, yeah, Especially radio, radio, being, accessibility. being radio friendly, yeah, accessibility. Yeah, you're, you're right, Mike. It would have been a Favorite House Atlantic. And like Fever House, um, while I was listening to this album, I kind of uh, realized a little bit of something. Uh, I don't know if you guys ever listened to this album, this uh, this this band, this album, but uh, that first uh, Jimmy Eat World album with uh, the trophies on it. I don't remember. They had like, they had a couple of hits off that that album, but like yeah, that middle on there. Yeah, the middles in there. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple of songs in there kind of give me that sort of that rhythm. They would play. they don't do it anymore. It's just off that one album because they whatever they changed. But some um, of it kind of reminds me of like that that album but oh I, yeah for this that, the reason why this one's for me is like i know i mean to be i'm like i'm a complete sucker for this this tempo any <laughs> any yeah no any just, song, literally yeah. any song that's this like this is probably about 180 beats per minute <laughs> maybe 170 beats per minute something like that it's upbeat enough to where it's almost kind of like punk yeah and um so like i'm a sucker for that yeah. every single time like i just can't help it like and would, it scratches a, a you know i agree and i, I think that's <laughs> another uh, another thing i kind of like i experienced when first listening to Cody is rhythm and a uh-huh. certain kind of different rhythm that i wasn't really like i didn't really we didn't really play a lot of the, when we were in a band. Yeah, and it was and it was uh, a rhythm that I did I wasn't really too familiar with listening to bands I listened to at the time. So it was like this like this kind of upbeat, fast, and like a lot of palm and like it was like yeah, I never did that before. Now I try to do stuff like that. Uh-huh. It's this kind of stuff you experience listening to do stuff. But I've always loved the way he played rhythm and shit. Oh, this influenced oh, my drumming a lot. I, yeah. I made a critical blunder. <laughs> I was confusing this with Favorite House of Atlantic Need. That's okay. Disregard. <laughs> right. Disregard. Disregard. Hey, Sorry. Let's jump off the, the, the podcast. I'm going, yeah, I'm not, I was late in and I'm going to get early out, guys. Uh, I think you guys got it from here. <laughs> and I feel, like, I feel like Jersey City, too, it's also like one of the first ones um, kind of in their catalog that shows how they can go from like that upbeat, poppy rip to those crazy fucking breakdowns by the end of it. Like all those fucking breakdowns are just incredible at the end of that song. And it's so far different 
from the opening just to kind of upbeat, you know, fucking straightforward rock riff, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I would Crazy. say this also, this is, I mean, this is very early on in the, the album anyways, but this is the first one I think really showcases his storytelling because the the track before this one is is good, but it it doesn't really convey like there's there's something really going on here. Um, right. And so this one's got like such a who's I forget visceral, Josephine man. is somebody, right? Yeah, you're right. What's what do you say? Josephine is somebody, though, right? Josephine? Yeah. That's Coheed's. Uh, that's Claudio's sister. Oh, sister. Okay. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So this one like conveys like the most part. I think early on, most of what the story is. The corner boys fuck shit up. Yeah, and they're a gang. Yeah, and they're a gang that that they Josephine is out on a date with her boyfriend, and they get cornered by the corner boys. It's a comic book. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, okay. and and she gets raped. Yeah, she got crowed. Do what? She got the crowed. Basically, <laughs> the crowed. in a car, she gets pulled out of a car and raped, which is literally the exact the crowing. Story, like, what happened? <laughs> yeah, uh, the crowing. God damn it. <laughs> Guess it can rain all the time. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't in a car, though. Just to be right. clear, that was an apartment, <laughs> right? Wait, what? In the, well, in no, the in the comic, it was in a car that they that. Oh, I yeah, see. but okay. in the movie, it's different. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to find that first fucking printing of that book. I got it. The, the crow. Yeah, I got all, the, all of us do. The grab. No, no, no. I got, I don't the, I got the omnibus. I want the fucking issues. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's gotcha. those are on my checklist to, to for a long time. No, I, well, yes and no. Like, I decided here recently, like, of course, I mean, I, okay, I, well, never mind. This is going to be a long fucking story. Let's talk about the album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. One thing I want to say about Devil Jersey City, this was like the first, when I was kind of, I, I'd just seen um, Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon synced up with Wizard of Oz for the first time. And I was just really fucking high in my room one night, <laughs> like 2005-ish. And I was watching Akira and was listening to Coheed, and I oh synced up the start of the fucking motorcycle rise in Akira. Right when that yeah. fucking it starts um, firing up and he uh, takes off. If yeah. you sync that right when he says he should booty, dude, it flows really well with it. Even all the way up until the breakdown part, because there's a part where they slow down in the chase before it takes mm-hmm. off again, and it fucking yeah. flows well. <laughs> and I know oh. this for a fact because I checked it again last night. <laughs> I, was just, I was just about to say the uh, the corner boy sounds like a gang from Akira, <laughs> or like a uh, yeah, like a or like a death like Death Wish three or West Side Story. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but yeah, that, that that always just that was something always stuck out in my mind. I, I love that.
You guys want to do the next track? Or you guys still want to talk about this one? Uh, so I'm that's good. All, that's all that's happening in this storyline, right? Uh, no, what happens in the end here of this song is uh, Josephine comes home. Um, so, I mean, in story-wise, at the end of the last track, uh, Coheed, the father, kills the two young boys when he, as he's putting them to bed. Mm-hmm. And he kills them with a hammer. Josephine comes home after being raped at the end of this song. He kills her. And so she comes in and she is, you know, basically... Uh, confides in her dad that you know something has often awful has happened. He's trying to console her, telling her everything's okay. Boom! Pulls out the hammer and kills her. Kills her. Yeah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I believe um, the the main character Claudio is out as well. He's out with friends or something, and he sees um, he sees. Coheed and Cambria leaving the house like they're like being carried away or something and um, uh, he so he's like kind of goes on the run because he's scared of what's happened um, that's basically what's what's happened up to this point in the story shit man Dreamwild. with a hammer too just to, just to up the violence <laughs> Christ yeah it's it's pretty rough I don't know if there's a lyric in here that says that specifically I don't think so yeah it's like don't let them scare you they just the hammer so that but the lyric is scream loud scream sayonara so yeah. it's like you know you're gonna die right say goodbye um yeah will you fuck me back home i mean i think oh, i love that line yeah <laughs> I, I think it's a double entendre obviously it's, it's right, referring right. to the rape and also being fuck, being fucked at home yeah yes. yeah not not in the fun way but <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's pretty rough Man. Oh yeah, when you're down on the floor bleeding, yeah. Bleeding faster. faster. <laughs> Very visual. Yeah. Fucking wild, man. I think the, the next two songs are, I think, my favorite two off the album. Uh, we have everything evil after this one.
This very ominous opening, yeah. I'm assuming it's like the beginning of the rape, like with the door being knocking, like just what I assumed. I thought what I read on this one was that was Coheed starting to feel the effects of the Monstar virus, right? Uh, no, they don't ever feel the effects of the Monstar virus. Not the two of them. Not until um, no. What happens is is they get captured and they um, they realize they have powers, hmm. and both Coheed uh, and Cambria um, basically express their powers. He becomes the Beast. Um, this is oh god, I'm gonna go down a rabbit hole if I keep. Let's go, that. dude. <laughs> so there, there. Initially, there are three of them. There's Coheed, uh, Cambria, and Jesse, right? And they're referred to as the Knowledge, the Beast, and and I'm gonna draw a blank on the last one. Jesse's the boxer. Uh, no, he's he becomes a boxer. Yeah, but that's that's again that's going further back in the story that he's the uh um, but there's i think they're just referred to as like the kgb as the three of them okay all right and so it's the knowledge something in the beast i don't remember the whole acronym and mm. um the, the, so Koei becomes a beast he basically one of his arms turns into like a like a laser blaster the other one turns into like a giant uh like hook or whatever okay. uh cambria herself is more like jean gray where she's got like almost like psionic powers right and um that does happen at some point very early on as well mm. i don't I, that might actually happen in the house after actually i think it does i think it might happen in the house at the end it maybe during this song um and uh they they get it taken out and what happens eventually I don't even remember if they make it to the entire length of this this story part. I, I don't remember because it went well. Again, I'm jumping ahead, but what ends up happening is um, Claudio himself leaves the planet, or he's taken. Yeah, I think he leaves the planet because they're in a solar system of like twenty some odd planets, twenty three planets or something. Very Dune esque. Yeah, it's it's the and they each have something going on yeah. with them. Yeah. So. All right, so this is not about them being captured. This is about them being captured. I believe it is. Okay. Yeah, it so, kind of makes sense with the yeah. sort of the uh, kill, you know, then kill the acquitted. Listen to the sounds and remain in question. If hope yeah. to solidify the truth, yes. Okay. So, like I guess what like Chris was saying, which says evolved monster. The the, the the monster virus. I don't exactly remember what the whole point of it was, but show it, me things that I w- would never have done. Yeah, that's okay. them. I think I'm pretty certain at that point is them. Their powers actually ex- uh, being exposed, which mm-hmm. again they've forgotten all about. Right. So yeah, it's it's pretty good though. I felt for, much better than this before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I love the way you sing that too. Me too. I'm much better than this before. <laughs> just the way the guy delivers his lines is just so I, I fucking love the style. Well, since here too, I mean, the post course years, Jesse just could look at what your brother did here. He did away with me. It's got to be with the children, I guess, like signaling to Jesse that hey, dude, we just got fucking killed. Yeah, I, well, I think it, I think it's it, his brother, right? Sorry. They're well. They're not technically. They're not really brothers. They're they lived as family, sure, but they're all synthetic. They're not real. Um, so, but I I think it has two meanings. I think it's it's not just look at um, him killing the children, but I think it also means look at what has happened. He's now this beast again. Right. So I think it has those two meanings. Okay. Inspector. Hmm. Inspector. Yeah. The end of this song goes super fucking hard, dude. I wish, God damn it, we'll make it. Make it if you believe. Yeah, dude. I'm and then he writes this. some... Right, right there. Um, where's, oh, shit. Where did he go? Sorry. A few knocks of the young girl's head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Yeah, there's the last line, I think, is, uh, I wish, God damn it, yeah, and we'll make it if you believe. And then very, un- and there's also, like, um, a very subtle, I think, scream of let me out, I think, at the faint there. Uh, so I have the lyrics right here. It says FBI. What the I wish, God damn it, you'll make it if you believe FBI. Well, that's a, that's a note. Because hmm. I have it like surrounded, I have the liner notes from the album in here, and it says in parentheses, oh, okay. KBI, KBI, there it is. The knowledge, the beast, and oh. the inferno. Yeah, why couldn't I think of that? Inferno, nice. Jesse, the inferno. Duh. Ah. <laughs> that's a K, not an F. It's KBI. No, no, it is F. FBI. You're right. You're right, Mike. It's but there's a note here in this thing that Jeremy's got. Yeah. It's, so it says FBI, not KBI. Where KBI is the reference to the knowledge, the beast, and the inferno. So it's just a note that's on what what Jeremy's got pulled up on his right, side. Right, right. Yeah. What was the um? What's the album he did? It was a solo album. Uh, Prize Fighter Inferno. Prize Fighter Inferno. Yeah. Prize Fighter, is it Inferno? Is that Inferno? It's Jesse. His brother. Yeah. yeah it's okay, him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, this is like a. Re- this is like a. And Prize Fighter Inferno is like complete side story. It's like yeah. fucking like. It's like an anthology or something like that. It's like you know, like a major side quest, like in fucking Zelda or some shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a fucking fetch quest. It's a fucking so. DLC. <laughs> fetch <Yeah>. quest. <laughs> yeah, fucking solid song, dude. Honestly, I, this is I think my second favorite on this album. Not that we're going into rankings or anything, but I think this was one of the ones that I've always fucking loved from the second I heard it. It's like one of those songs that you just hear once and you're immediately like, I'm going to fucking jam the shit out of this. This is so good. Yeah, no, for sure. You're right. What do we have next here? Uh, Delirium Trigger. Delirium Trigger. Yes, the song fucking bangs, dude. places in the storyline but fuck it bangs oh <laughs> uh, man this is this is probably my favorite song in here i don't remember how this one goes uh oh my god i don't feel like <laughs> yeah, okay. so good yeah i think this is i'm pretty certain this is from the perspective now of um Claudio, I think he's because really? he, he's he's run away, mm-hmm. and I think he's like wandering 
around and he he goes to his girlfriend's house and something happens and it prevents him from like asking for help uh, i don't really remember now Let's what see. is delirium trigger it's, it's I'm mental. pretty certain that this is where on that prison planet, I think it refers to basically a, um, I could be getting this mixed up with the actual second stage turbine blade, but what I believe it is, is um, like a, a crematorium. I think it's it's actually like, they're like, it's like a, like a concentration camp. Okay. And huh. aliens are, and uh, people that are not, you know, performing, they get sent to, I can't remember if it's the delirium trigger or if it's actually the second stage turbine blade. It's probably the turbine blade, but um, I, it's, it's one of the two. Right. And it, I mean, the opening lyrics, it sounds like, like a ship's crashing, you know? Yeah. Like, we're now up here alone, tear on the intercom. Can someone save us? Systems malfunctioning. Blasted this damn machine. Over and out, Captain. Something like. <laughs> I love that shit, man. It's but on the like, it, yeah, I just always got the vibe that it was like, you know, ships crashing or something like that. It really draws imagery from, like, aliens to me, dude. Something lurks, creeps on the countertop somewhere behind you, parasitic system. It's coming up and out of your chest. chest. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Pain eats the food. Yeah. Yeah, There's there's also a moment early on um, where, um, I didn't mention this, I think it might be in the song before this, where uh, Claudio, um, his power, which he didn't know about, manifests and he's able to speak to his sister just before he she's actually dead. Oh. He's briefly resurrects her. Oh. And then she dies. Yeah, kind of like sitting up uh remember when we were young, you know, sitting on the ta- the, the table a photograph of Earth, mm-hmm. feeding me my way back. So this must be the him leaving the, yeah, It has to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then 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 when he he hears her or you say hear her? No, no, he's able like he speak he, to her? he no no no, like when he finds her in the house. Right. And um, I just all briefly, he it's so like I can't even I'm sure there's been done in millions of movies where like you're bring, able to bring him back to life right. for a split second. You know, he glows and yeah. yada, 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 fucking Jedi powers. And uh, then she dies. Like she, They're able to talk like one time in person. And then okay. she dies. And that, I would assume that's kind of that's what, what the lines. Hello, hello. When it rings, will you answer? Their, their corner tall short stands. It's it's you. Uh, it's you come on to kill me. It's you come on to kill me. What? Okay. It's you come on kill oh, me. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. By the father. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I don't remember in this specific. Oh, like, I'm, I'm seeing a note here from the comic. Uh, it's a little excerpt I can read about what this part specifically is, and well, the only way it ties into me is when he said the come know me as God part. Yeah. Is they're talking about uh, here? Okay, I'll just read through this. Cohen Cambria are seconds away from blowing up the Gloria Velvesa. I'm not sure what that is. Must be a ship. Killing themselves so they can't be captured and used to destroy the keywork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When Red Army Admiral Chrome, who's I'm not sure who that person is, enters, his energy absorbing body armor renders Cohen's arm cannon useless, leaving them unable to detonate explosives. Chrome uh, begins to overpower the couple when Jesse slash Inferno. Makes a surprise intervention, but when his grenade bullets can penetrate the armor before finishing the fight, an angered and unseemingly unfazed Crom says to Infernal, "That was very foolish of you. Now come know me as God." Jesus Christ, man, just deep. Bible verses. Definitely Old Testament. Yeah. <laughs> it's got the fire and brimstone, man. <laughs> this, is why, this is why this album is so good, though, because these are some like like really angry lyrics. Yeah, yeah. And this comes from a 
I mean, this does come from a, a place of being hurt, like actually oh, physically yeah. hurt. Yeah. And um, that's what makes these early albums, I think, really good. Is yeah. it's obviously he's he's Claudio Sanchez, the real guy, is is telling the story about how he's been hurt. Right, right. His girlfriend and, broke up. He wanted to hit her in the head with a hammer. Huh? I mean, he's having. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. This is almost like it's almost like the the life of someone that's schizophrenic or something. I yeah. I and totally and they and they've that. been able to capture their their hallucinations <laughs> in. In, in lyrics and music. Yeah. <laughs> it is kind of rainmaker as to be able to like gather these thoughts and actually project them in a, like an organized story manner. I mean, that's what therapy's all about. You know, don't fucking do this shit in real life. Just exercise it into a comfortable medium that doesn't hurt anyone around you, <laughs> and then just destroy a fucking keyword. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is this is Coheed and Cambria like uh, sacrificing themselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. I knew they. I couldn't remember. I didn't think they made it to the end of this 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 part of the story. Man, for something you name a band after, they sure killed off the main like what the band's named after right off the bat, dude. Like in song three, it's like, oh yeah, the main characters of the this fucking band are dead. <laughs> I guess the real main character is Claudio. Yeah, he's. Um, well, I would say he's yes and no. The, the main character, I think, is the writer. Oh. And, you know what I mean? And I think that's how I feel about it. And the writer is is Claudio. Right. I forgot what he broke is down the sure. wall. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so the writer himself is actually the one that's dictating all of this, sort of. It's, it's similar to... Uh, it's like the Invisibles or like, like the Matrix. Dark Tower, the Dark Tower 7. We, we yeah. We're rolling actually meet Stephen King. Oh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or Animal Man, when Animal Man meets yeah. Grant, Grant Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Everybody ripped off Grant Morrison. Huh? Everybody ripped off Grant Morrison. But uh, all he did was just come on paper and make his dreams come true. (laughs) He 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 got the entire uh, fan base of the Invisibles to come at the same time to to participate in a masturbation ritual. And (laughs) I mean that that is power like I have never heard of. (laughs) It works. It it worked. Could you imagine if DC asked that for all the DC fans whether they kill Robin or not? It won't come. <laughs> well, that's basically what they did. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess right. they, they allowed them to call in and vote whether or not to kill off Jason Todd. Right, right. Nah, just bash his head in. Just Fuck bash it. his head in. <laughs> I'm sure plenty of people got off on that. Yeah, it's a great, great track. <laughs> yeah, definitely my favorite off the album, for sure. Head, here, I always say headshot every time. Here's shot, kid disaster. This <laughs> <laughs> the next one. <laughs>
murder shit I've been listening to recently. Here's shot. Now, I'm pretty certain this takes place on that prison planet. Okay. Can you be the engineer? Uh, yeah, still searching for your call today. Sit down to structure. Will you be the engineer? Sit tired and dreaming out again and overboard when pain kills you. Hate me and wait for or then call me crazy. <laughs> it just It's just another perfect example of his fucked up lyrics on top of happy kind of meter delivery, you know, like, <laughs> with this what they gave me. It's like, it's like, uh -huh. it's just so different from the message he's fucking conveying. And so, the, yeah, the course he's talking about, I need mayo. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's mayo deft in wolves. So this might be the actual antagonist. This might be somewhat from his perspective, the, the mm -hmm. actual antagonist, which is um, Wilhelm. What's his name? Wilhelm. Some shit or whatever it is. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Wilhelm Will, Will, Will Ryan. Huh? Wilhelm Ryan. That's what it okay. is. Okay. Yeah. And he's uh, he's like the main like. Uh, antagonist for the whole story oh throughout the entire like the whole series or just this specific album no the whole series yeah gotcha yeah yeah he's he's the one that like you go all the way back to um uh you're the black rainbow okay which takes place i think 18 years before the main story i didn't realize that and it's something like i read the novel because you get a sweet novel yeah yeah the novel was really good it's written by claudio it's also written by um, wife no 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 oh. it's it's written by an actual comic book art, a writer i can't remember his name he's like a real famous writer All right. he's done comic books i think he also wrote like actual sci-fi novels back right in, back in the day too mm. i can't remember who it is how dare you uh, but the thing is, after you mentioned him breaking up with his girlfriend, uh -huh. you can really see it. I'm seeing it now in the lyrics. She broke up with him, I think, is why he was so devastated. That's the that's the Mickey Owen whatever it is. Like, it, right? didn't that happen for a Good Apollo as well? Like, I'm pretty sure that's like her and I him think, broke up. And I think that, that's like his now wife. I think that's where it's so obvious that it is about a girl because he's fucking pissed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, but yeah. And he talks about killing her and burying her alive or something oh, yeah. like that. But, but more so than that, like in that part of the story, uh, we step out of the main story and we're now seeing the world through the perspective of Claudio, the, the Claudio, the writer. The writer. yeah, the writer. And I, I've always thought, always, always thought that, um, that there's there's a lyric in the in second stage turbine no in uh keep, in keeping secrets when he says i've parted three ways for you the yeah. new that i love yeah. uh -huh. i always thought what that means there is that there are three claudios in this story there's claudio the writer claudio the the uh the the, the writing writer that is the writing writer. and there's claudio the 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 character that we're, we're following sure. and then there's claudio the fucking yeah, actual person right and um i think that's what I'm saying. It's like it's almost like this person is a psychopath. Like a psychopath. He's schizophrenic. <laughs> oh yeah, because he's identified three separate personalities with himself. I agree. And this is is someone that has had to. I mean, this is deep. Like, it is very deep, deep. hurt. This well, is someone that, that, that has like had psychopathic. It just means he's dissociative, which is kind of the same thing, but still different. <laughs> yes, you're right. Dissociative yeah, right. identity disorder. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, someone needs to be on medication. <laughs> yes, yes, and lots of it. Yeah. The problem is, if we do get a medication, we don't get any more albums. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it's crazy to think that he's already like in his own personal life, just probably you know his personality that he is, but also having to write two other parts of his personalities 
This is a fucking crazy thing, crazy guy thing to do. Yeah, that also makes sense what you were saying too about this falling a different. This is falling the aspect of that character. He's saying words like, "I need mayo. I won't fall. I, I won't fail now. I won't fail you now. We're going down, and you're all fucked up and sore. Your captain send the SOS." That makes sense. Yeah, I or he needs an SOS, SOS for him fucking self. <laughs> yeah, <for laughs> <real. like> <laughs> I mean, it's and here's the thing though. This this. This song's not from the perspective of just one individual, and, oh, none, of, and none of them are. From well, I, I, yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah, but and, you, you can read it in here where it's yeah. different soldiers asking for yeah, backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's almost none of the none of these songs are like strictly from right. I mean, because it is it's it's all like dialogue basically. And this is this is this is it's like a script, right? We're seeing the fucking. Uh, the the actual like cues yes. like what's what's the what's the mood okay well, we're all angry right is it nighttime or daytime okay yeah. it's nighttime yeah you know what and I feel like it's more like a Tarantino part. script where it's just cherry picking what parts we're kind of figuring out as it goes it's, not, it doesn't feel linear, linear, linear for the albums for the yeah, albums, right? yeah it's it's linear because okay. I mean it, the story huh. is happening in a linear fashion okay it, the lyrics themselves I would say, I agree with Mike on that they're kind of Tarantino in fashion. And, and like it's giving us information here, and it's giving us uh, more information here at the end of it, or whatever. Because I thought, I, like, and shit. Yeah. yeah, what you guys are saying makes sense. Because you can, uh, it'll be a character have a flashback to the, the past, whatever, or he's seen something from the future, or something like that. And but I always thought that was uh, that was called nonlinear, but I guess I was wrong. So uh, I don't know. Because like, because what happens to Tarantino stuff is you have all these characters, and they're all in different places, but somehow they all eventually meet at some point. Yeah. Well, I, sure. I'm not. But I'm not talking about the story. The story oh, itself okay. is happening in, right. a, in a forward fashion. I get you. But this is like this is storytelling in a very very Simplest. no 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 just oh, a very no, no, no. odd fashion. <laughs> I mean, I mean, who 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 else has done this in music? I don't fucking know. No one. (laughs) I mean, there's got to be somebody else out there, I guess. But I I I don't know successfully that has done it on this level. I I mean, you could say into some aspect that Mars Volta has, you know, their concept albums all over fucking place, but they they don't have real storylines for going on. It's just fucking insanity. I feel like all the time. Invent like a whole lore. I mean, granted, their music kind of gave that to me and, and. to, to me but like Cody, like he just invented an entire you know universe, man. universe it's crazy yeah. <clears throat> fucking nuts with I mean, incredible fucking music for a fucking soundtrack <laughs> 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 okay so that's a huge shot to disaster what do we have so it's next up? 33 right yeah 33 there's more oh there's more lyrics oh, up, uh, down sorry. here uh, oh yeah have you ever heard the lyrics he sang in his thoughtful transmission the words lost in its remain Sing his song, sing his song loud. Structure, will you engineer with a song you have lost the key to tone? I'm not sure what that means, but this might great. be a, this might be about Claudio because Claudio early on in his this part of the story meets um, an alien on that prison planet mm-hmm. and he like saves him. Okay, and he kind of like almost worships him worships him for this. Oh, it's a brief interaction. Okay, and um, so he he's already kind of like giving off this vibe of being a higher being. Being, yeah, sure. I, it could be about that. I I don't remember specifically, but it does happen very early on. All right, all right. What's well, good? Thirty three. You guys said. Yeah, thirty three is up next.
why the does this number have any significance that you guys know about? I I, I know that uh, uh, the Misfits had a song called VR 138, and I didn't know what that meant yeah. until told me like <laughs> a couple weeks ago. That's about that's about Nazis. Yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Is it really? Yeah, it's about Nazis. That song is about I don't remember which. It's been forever since I didn't look this up, but it's about a specific Nazi. Um, and if I had the lyrics in front of me, I could tell you exactly what it all meant now. But um, is he called the Tiger? Yeah, in the eyes of Tiger. Yeah, yeah uh, he says, um, oh, God. You think we're robots? Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. So it's about being autonomous, uh, like uh, robots. And what you realize you become a man. Or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like basically saying this is a horrible person and this is what horrible people do to others. Right. But we uh, always back there. We're like, what the, what the fuck does 138 mean? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thirty-three. You don't. You don't think. I mean, just as a side, you don't think Glenn Danzig that, right. that fucking deep. Right, right. right. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll also, reference to the the THX one one three eight, but fucking I. I oh, wait, the the Lucas movie. Lucas movie. Yeah, Lucas is. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Way the fuck off though. No, that's. <laughs> I heard that someone said that out of their ass a while back. It's a I, reference to that. I don't know, dude. I, I have no idea what the Danzig fuck. Danzig is not smart enough to put that in his song. No, I don't I, think so. He's, he's a more simple man than that. <laughs> Honestly, the movie's too smart for George Lucas, but hey. It is. Well, also, like, Danzig only, like, likes horror. Yeah. So, like, he wrote movies, re- lyrics about horror movies and yeah. movies, but, yeah, it was all, like, horror movies. Yeah. Or Marilyn Monroe. Or Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. So does 33 have a, a significant... Man, I don't remember. I don't. Man. I know the, yeah. I know on the next... Album, there's a there's a song called Three Evils and something in I don't know if that is in relation in any way because I don't know much about the lyrics and shit as like as you do, man. But other than that, I don't really see the numbers or remember hearing the numbers thirty three mentioned in any of the lyrics or on any other album that I can think of. I feel like the number three pops up in a lot of ways throughout this whole thing. I mean, there's the three with you know Coheed, Cambria, and Jesse. There's the writer is split in three. Parting three ways. Mm-hmm. Parting three ways. There's a song called 33. There's, yeah, there's, man. There's yeah, I don't be, know what it means. I don't know if it's just his favorite number and he just keeps using it everywhere. The number nine. Yeah. About the number nine. Uh, the Beatles, you know, the, the number nine. Like it's supposed to have a significant oh, number. But there's that movie number nine, the animated movie, which has Welcome, is. Ho- with Hel- Welcome Home in it. There's another well, yeah, right it was actually in the that. trailer. I remember that. Oh, Holy oh, shit, you're right. Shit. <laughs> There's another three connection. Or seven. Seven? Number seven. Well, I think it's a, it's like a it's a holy number, right? Danzig uses it quite a bit. <laughs> I guess. I don't he know. does. We're about seven to string together. Seven, seven, seven is my name. We're going to connect Glenn Danzig to Coheed and Cambria. And by God, we'll be here until we do it. Fuck it. <laughs> by, by using a seven? <laughs> Let's get off the pin board. We're going to fucking get down to the bottom of this. <laughs> Anyway, I, yeah, this this song musically is still one of my favorite. It's also opening straight out of the gate, just like tons of fun. It never kind of lets up the whole time. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree, dude. Uh, musically, super fucking enjoyable song. Uh, again, another song I would sing without really knowing what the fucking lyrics are backing up. <laughs> I, so, so one of the lyrics like Patrick Short Flipping outside <laughs> the boundary line. Like, I don't know what that means, Patrick. but fuck, I'm going to scream the fuck out of it when I see you live, man. <laughs> you're, you're you know how to sing it. Is it, a, is it a move? A short flip? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, no, I, I didn't know. 
I'm going to make the whole thing Patrick Shortflip. <laughs> Hello, my name is Patrick Shortflip. He's a character. I'm a tile. No, it's, it's like it says Patrick, comma, Shortflip, and outside boundary. Trust me, I've gone over these lyrics over and over again. Like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Can you imagine a skateboarder guy named that? Shortflip? Hey, I mean, he's getting, he's getting Up next on the high half pipe, we've got Patrick Shortflip. <laughs> Dude, that, that would be a, that's actually a pretty catchy name. <laughs> Short flip on the half flip. <laughs> I knew a guy with the last name, uh, his, his name was Short Sleeves. No way. That's, that's awesome. awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. Just short sleeves and that's it? Not like Jimmy short sleeves or anything like that? No, no, no. Like it was, I don't remember his first name. But I mean, when you meet somebody and their last name is short sleeves, you remember that. Yeah, you don't give a fuck about what the wrestler name is after you hear short sleeves. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Um, yeah, I love this song. It's a fantastic song. <laughs> I don't remember how this one goes either. Um, uh, the drums come might. late, come in late on this. The, how this song opens, right? Yeah. Okay. I thought it ran out of the gate. Yeah, I thought it started with the drums, then that guitar riff comes in. But yeah, is it? Oh, whatever. I'm not gonna. Oh, Mike, you, you listened to. I, I only got a chance to listen to it today, like twice, and that was earlier. Today. It at home. I haven't listened to this album in well over a year. It's been a long time. Short flipping outside the Yeah. Okay, it's not that song I'm thinking then. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I'm running you down. Yeah, it's great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I, I got you now. Yeah. So unclear. A, yeah, got I'm still unclear. Yeah. The things I might have said. What's this song about, Martin? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't remember. I don't, I don't think don't Claudio this. knows, man. Sometimes I, he just writes a poppy riff. He's like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna sing some shit." Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll develop the story seven years later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's plenty of that. I, well, he just takes oh, a yeah, lyric I mean, from the song. I don't blame him. I would do the same shit. Good lord. Hell yeah, dude. We'd take a lyric and like. Provisions are key. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love that song, man. Yeah. That's a nice poppy song. It is. It is. And I think you guys might be right. We might not have fuck all to do with the story. Very possible. Well, I don't, he he takes a yeah, line. I, I think it's possible he could take a line from it and shoehorn it into a comic later on and be like, oh yeah, this is what this was part of. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember anything about this one. Could be about his ex-girlfriend. Well, it's all about her. Yeah. Yeah. I got to find Claudio and ask what a Patrick for this, though. Man. What I should have done was I, I, I have all these books at my shop. Again, oh, yeah. that's Middle Earth Comics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get it in. Middle Houston Earth Comics. Houston, Texas. Texas. Houston, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast is produced. <laughs> We'd like to take a, a, a short promotional break here to thank Let's our sponsors. Plugs in. Yeah. Great. <laughs> If you record if you record a commercial, I'll put it on the show. So. I'm not gonna fucking do that. I'm okay. just playing around. All right, we'll move on. <laughs> so okay, so we, June, have... June song for Vision, which I fucking I oh, love. I love song, this song. That's crazy. That whole opening oh. da 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 like fuck man. Like this guy just knows how to write such catchy riffs, man. It blows my mind.
this is a, it sounds very much like it's a letter from Claudio to Niwo, I guess. Niwo yeah, Niki, or his ex-girlfriend says, again. Good yeah. morning, sunshine. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> so let's see what he's talking about here. How's Apollo been treating Apollo? Is her, her dog, correct? That yes. was his dog. Oh, sorry. Apollo's her dog. Yeah. Yeah, but I had, damn, I had notes for this. Where the hell is it? Wow, man, there's a, there's a line in here that I had I've never sang. Norris and Norris and Larry Gloria to nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> those are those are names. And, like, that's a line. I, I, you. I hate that shit. I had no idea. I didn't know it said that. Neither did I. Gloria it's that like that's a real high pitch. She does. It's like, God, yeah. how do you fucking do that? You <laughs> fucking like garden gnome. Like, God <laughs> You ever watch the videos of him warming up? Now, I thought you guys would get a kick out of this. Uh, this next section is very different from anything um, Coheed has done in the past. And, um, you know, in terms of conceptually and just my vocal approach, um, I was curious, you know, I was. It's difficult. I was like, you know, how should I approach this piece? So I kind of thought about, um, if those of you who are familiar with the movie Hellraiser, the characters, the Cenobites, and what the Cenobites would say if they were inside this record. <laughs> um, so you're, you're going to hear me perform that piece. And whether or not this is going to be on the final outcome of the record, you know, it's really hard to say. It's so premature, but I think right now it's just really more for fun and just to listen back and kind of get a get a giggle. But uh, but we'll see. You know, who knows? It might come out super hot, and you know, we want to keep it. You can. I've, I watched it on um, when the when that. What was that fifth album that came? The no, not fifth album. Uh, the one after Good Apollo. Uh, uh, no World uh, for Tomorrow. Yeah. yeah. No so when when No World for Tomorrow came out, of course, yeah, you say ugh, but when it came out, we were like, oh fuck yeah, the new Cohes. Oh, we're excited. We're all excited. Yeah. About it. New Cohes finally out. So I got the uh, the deluxe edition. Got that DVD, right? And it came oh, with it. Just like, and on that one, I'm pretty certain. I think I could be. I may have seen it in a different one. Um, you see him warming up. Mm-hmm. And like it is, it's it's cringeworthy, honestly. It's just, it's just, it's just him and a mic, and he sounds like Michael Jackson. Like, mm, ah, it's just like he's just getting that warm, yeah, which yeah, obviously yeah. every singer does it. So I'm not. I mean, yeah, obviously yeah. they all do it. It's like that 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 isolated video uh, audio of uh, uh, David Lee Roth. Ever heard that? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Him with like a kazoo or something in the background. <laughs> <laughs> Running with the devil, dude. It's like so great. <laughs> like, oh, no, oh, no, David, stop, stop. <laughs> I love that they isolated that. That was one of my favorite things ever to listen to. But yeah, this track is definitely, it just seems like a story to his, or his, I'm sorry, a letter to his girlfriend. 
Um, it seems like they're on good terms here, so I'm not really sure if shit's hit the fan yet or not. I mean, it's pretty brutal lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the paper cut my heart in half and discard the evidence, which I used to think always said pissed on the evidence. And <laughs> had to look at the lyrics to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would work. But yeah, I mean, looking at this, I'm like, man, I know I didn't, I didn't sing half of these lyrics. Oh, me neither, bro. Oh, God, oh, no. No. shit. No. <laughs> not, cor- not correctly. It was just whatever I was feeling in my fucking head at that moment. <laughs> I would just mimic the melody and just go with that. <laughs> As I spent almost a decade of my life bastardizing Claudio's lyrics. <laughs> so yeah, he goes to wait for me, all right? I'm still a boy down there. When you want to promise me that. So it sounds like he's singing from her perspective when he's saying singing that part because he goes to like the girly high pitched voice. Yeah, I have no idea. Where is that at? It says, "Wait for me, all right. I'm still oh yeah, a boy down there. When you want to promise me that." It sounds like when whenever he gets back from wherever he's at, he's still on the alien planet, I assume. And then it also feels like yeah. in there are parts of that song where he's like, "Report that." Fire! Like you don't see those the <laughs> lyrics, but I know that's what he's fucking saying. <laughs> it's not. It's, I, it I, it I says when boy sets fire. I just I saw know. it. <laughs> I spent so long sitting down here, paper cut my heart in half, and discard the evidence. When it's yours, come and send it. Send me the last half. Thousand kerosene in a torch blaze bloodbath. When boy sets fire, God knows you've lost. At a cost that has no price. When you've purchased guilt, stand at attention and make sure you know the lions and yourself. That's a really very powerful line, actually. Oh, yeah, here, I found some notes on the comic of how it attaches specifically to the song. So these lyrics include bits of a letter from Claudio to his girlfriend, Nilo Ekin, which backwards is Nikki Owen, which I'm assuming is a real person. Yeah. Yet you say, Uh, I'll be home alone again waiting. So you have part of this story? You pull it up? Yeah, it says, after having found his sister's corpse in the family's otherwise abandoned house, being attacked by an Onstatine priest, and yeah. first discovering his powers, a confused and terrified Claudio wrote Nuo a letter and fled. And this is that letter. Yeah. Wow. Okay. okay. It makes, well, this makes sense then. Yeah, I forgot well. about the, uh, I forgot about that, him being chased by, it's almost like a, uh, like a, uh, um, uh, what's the fucking uh, Dementor from Harry Potter? The mentors, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like that. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sick. Uh, all right, sweet. Anyone got anything else on this one? Okay. Does, does this does this title have any uh, meaning to you? June song? Mm, not really. No, June song. I think that's like I've seen that reference in other other uh, either songs or maybe a movie or something like that. Oh, okay. June song is definitely like it does have a meaning to. To something outside of Coheed, I know that. Right. Okay. Was it? All right. Never enter. Maybe X is born in June. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Ah. Never enter is my favorite album or track on this album. I've been yeah. far. Fucking banger. Dude, like such a badass
Yeah, when it starts off, when you've gone, when you've gone about things all wrong, buried in here with a lifetime you would never regret in savoring sleep, what do you mean toss and turn everywhere? I miss you when you're gone and pretending that you meant the world to me with that you call me a liar. And in making mistakes, you'll rest incomplete. I for sure, like you guys were saying earlier, I'm saying a lot of these lyrics incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I just never realized that it was all about uh, my girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the antithesis for the story. I mean, he obviously developed so much more on top yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. But... Um, I mean, because it is an interesting story when you think about just the elements of it. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, I mean, a family gets basically duped. They're... They kill their children. The oldest one, he refuses to accept his role in. It's like Dune. Yeah, basically, yeah. he refuses to accept his role in in the greater story. Right. And he realizes at a certain point that he is the chosen one, but okay. he doesn't want to do it. No. Mm -hmm. And that's a classic. That's a classic. Yeah. Story, yeah. I mean, so, hero's journey. Yeah. Hero's journey. Yeah. And so you can't like like I was saying, it's like he's still written a good story regardless mm -hmm. of uh, the fact that it boils down to. Yeah, he got he got his feelings hurt. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's so much more than that. I don't want right. to I don't want to fucking like belittle him saying it was just he got his feelings hurt. But I mean, Christ, the fucking city of Troy fell over just him getting butt hurt and getting banged the hell in Troy. So <laughs> things oh, have gone okay. far worse in history. <laughs> yeah, true yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, this one he says, "I'll be home and graver mistakes, dear mom and dad. I write you this letter that states I'll be moving on when the new day's begun." Uh, don't forget son when he's out on his own. Yeah. I'm pretty certain in this point in the actual story, what he's doing really is more or less blaming his parents for what's happened. I don't think he's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of fucking psychotic episode they had back there. Yeah. Well, really, I mean, it's not their fault either. They were, their memories were wiped. They had no idea this was yeah. coming. And they were duped. Yeah. It's the just, only... The, in fact, the only person out of that family. Direction. What? I just said, point your guns in the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hey, it's not my fault. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I love that part of the song too. Yeah. It's a great part of the That's song. a good part. This is probably like the one of the more stronger songs on the album. That breakdown, that. Yeah, it's just mm -hmm. such a badass riff, man. Definitely one of the heavier songs on this album. Yeah, I agree for sure. It's got it's it's got that epic feel to it, along with the epic lyrics. God, he fit in so many fucking lyrics into this song too. Not a whole I, lot of repeating. Yeah, I don't really. I, you know, I'll, I was gonna say this at the end, but I, I don't. I think all these songs are bangers in my opinion. But man, you know what? This is like it's. Uh, I don't know that he necessarily knows who he is at the end of this. Um, but it ends very poetically saying I'll and I'll bigger? be bigger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it almost it's almost like bringing a tear to my eye right now just thinking about that. Like really? he's he's so angry and he's basically saying, You watch me. Yeah. Bet, yeah. Like bet I won't. Yeah. Bet I won't. And so like I say that, but then like he, he still goes through this long ass journey where he's he refuses to be say that I'm my you know like this is my family and this is who I am right but and I'll be bigger that's so, that's uh that's that I don't know what it is that right now it's hitting me really good <laughs> is it, so is that like the Claudio character in the story is he the never ender because you know we've 
we've seen them when they do these tours, they always call it the never ender, you know, thing or whatever, oh, yeah. the DVD release. Like that's obviously got to be important, right? Um, the name. well, the, the, like, no, well, yeah, maybe, I don't know. But the, here's the thing is that the, he's referred to consistently at one point from, and then that from that point on as the crowing. So I think that is like what his, 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 uh, um, chosen title is it's like Muad'Dib, right? From, Muad'Dib. Okay. Yeah. So, so he, okay. he's he's Muad'Dib. He's he's the crowing, mm-hmm. and so of course in in that he gets to choose his name. He he right. names himself Muad'Dib, but uh, the the crowing itself is more like like a title that's been bestowed upon him. Okay. So um, it's kind of like a curse, huh? Kind of like a curse or something? No, not, I mean you could look at it as a curse. Sure. Okay. I mean I'm sure Chloe, he's looking at it as a curse for sure. It, yeah. yeah, he thought it was. Yeah. So um, but yeah, uh, I don't know what never rendered specifically man yeah but it's a cool way to title your concert preface your endless career <laughs> it's a never ender it's the never render story When you watch the reading story, is it is what's his name? Eating the, he's eating the apple in the attic of the school. And he eats the entire apple. Oh, Sebastian. Sebastian, yeah. He's yeah. like the whole apple, like the core. It's a big everything. apple too. Or <laughs> 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 the fucking stem. <laughs> that movie, like, if you, oh, if, if you think about it in context of 2021, you're like, God, this this guy's a really, really neglectful parent. Yeah, I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think it's Flash too, right? Is the Flash? Is the Flash John the Wesley Ship. I think. Yeah, I think so. I think he's a, in the first one. Yeah, he's in the first one. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm getting off. Sorry. <laughs> Star Child. I think this is his mom's name. It's kind of. Yeah, I don't remember. Is his mom in it? His mom died, but she she's like connected to the Neverending Story. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, it's she's, been it's been too long since I've watched that. Yeah. I always say it's Rockbiter. So that's it. Rockbiter. These hands. <laughs> <laughs> Like big, good, strong hands, don't they? I always thought that's what they were. Well, I'm with that fucking kid in the second one, though, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Trying to tricycle around and shit. Um, all right, let's go to Godsend Conspiracy. Uh, con- oh, I can't see. I can't say stuff right now. Uh, Godsend Conspirator. Conspirator.
Man, I gotta hear this song. Can play it? Huh? Can play it? Can you play it? Oh yeah, yeah. here, hold tight. I'll do it right yeah. now. Okay. Oh, Toronto. Right. Okay. Hey, I got you. Yeah, this has. I love this opening guitar it's, riff. It's been too fucking long. So wah, like, wah, wah, I, don't, wah, I don't remember how this all goes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love this song. I do not know this song. So, I think this is probably still again about uh, Claudio on the run, is what I think this is about. That's how they're ending the album was with Claudio still on the run. Oh, he's on the run for the it's, next it's, the next album and a half. So. He he doesn't. I don't think he actually gets like uh, connected with. Uh, um, so what? I don't. I mean, I guess I could skip quite a far ahead. I mean, it's not like I'm. We're gonna talk about it anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what happens eventually is that he does get found by Jesse. Okay. But that doesn't happen for quite a long time. So he goes through a whole journey, basically. Uh, living like the life of a fucking nomad, right? You know, um, and then he gets picked up by uh, by his uncle, yeah. and um, and then that moves into um, at the end of um, Good Apollo, and then the in the fourth album, which is the No World for Tomorrow, yeah. Good Apollo Volume Two. In that one, he actually is with. Um, uh, his uncle Jesse, Jesse, Jesse. and they, they there's like a whole big war. It's like a total space opera that one. Yeah, right, yeah. right. But yeah, the, these next two are this this album for sure, and then most I think of the next one. He's pretty much um, on the run. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, I've got some more comic notes here from this one uh, under the the lyrics, "Dear Mariah, the world's not big enough for the both of us." Uh, this is a direct quote from Supreme Trimage Wilhelm Ryan after he is presented with the head of Mariah who is leader of the resistance against him by uh, General Mayo. Hmm. Pretty sweet looking. I've never seen this comic before, uh, but it looks pretty badass because he's just holding her head, severed head, just looks sick as shit. Uh, I know where you can get most of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's a place in Houston, Texas, if I'm not. You don't say, Mike. (laughs) What's the name? Remember. I know a guy. <laughs> I do. I, lo- I love the dear Mariah. The world's not big enough for the both of us when you live in the same town. That's right. That's good. Yeah. So much fun. See, I always thought that fight. On I mean, fire was, I thought well, I always thought that fight on fire was fi- like fired up, almost like <laughs> fired up. But no, that's fired up. Fired up. Fired up. Fire. <laughs> Here we go. Tapered. What's the sappy horse shit? <laughs> okay, so I have some more lines if you guys want to hear them. Yeah. Okay, uh, when I meets I become, we'll lie here alone, locked our children in the floor. So this, how it relates specifically to the comet, is it says, the war is far from over, but Wilhelm Ryan has won the battle. And it says, thanks to the persistence of General Mayo, uh, Paris Earth, which I assume is 
his representation right. of real Earth. Swarms yeah. with billions of artificially enraged dragonflies that carry the cash serum. Uh, Admiral Crone has captured Coheed and Cambria and brought them to Paris Earth, where he has them restrained and prepared for the flies. As probably predicted, one lands on Coheed and stings him, releasing the cash serum, which then interacts with the dormant Monstar virus. Upon eye contact with each other, Coheed transforms into the Monstar and Cambria into the White Ruiner, mm. uh, completing Ryan's mission. Ryan appears in hologram form to oversee the transformation, gloat, saying, when I meet become, or when I meet I become, it appears I've taken everything from you, Kilgannons, your safe little home, your children, even life as you knew it. Fucking well. And then it follows them to say the second line of these lyrics could refer to Coheed and Cameron's final moments together as they lie on an otherwise abandoned Star 7, not knowing if Claudio is still alive. They join the other three children in death, a family defeated by Wilhelm Ryan. <coughs> fucking... That's a no, heavy that's a lot like shit. Dune, man. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Because yeah. they don't know that that um, that uh, Paul Atreides is still alive. Yeah, they think he's killed. What's his name? Killed uh, killed him. Mm -hmm. um, what's his name from from Quantum Leap? And he lets him, lets him and the mom live. Dean oh, Stockwell. Dean Stockwell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about it. Yeah, what he's a uh, God. What is his name? He's, I forget. Uh, he's uh, Doctor something. Is he the? No, I'm thinking the Master of Minten of Assassins. That's the other dude. Yeah, yeah, Doctor Doctor Laffy. Something like that. Lavender. Al, Al from. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. That's, God damn. Wow. Weird. Yeah, the comic looks really good here too. They're kind of like uh, they're kind of restrained. When I meets I, it kind of shows half of Coheed's face and half of Cambria's face. Uh, eyeballs held open by mechanics. Uh, clockwork word style almost, and then their uh, their eye contact is what starts the transformation. Now this is this is the book made by Boom. This is the Boom. Well, no, the first series. The, so what happened was it was Evil Inc. and Evil Inc. is Claudio's actual like comic book company. Yeah, so that that is technically attached to all of it. Um, but it went to Image Comics for six issues or five or six issues. So Image Comics did uh, second stage Turbine Blade, and then it got canceled. Okay, and then they started to redo it again at Boom. Okay, so mm -hmm. through through Boom, they've done all of second stage Turbine Blade. All of in keeping secrets and all of good Apollo. Good Apollo. Yeah. So did they did, did they restart that series with yes. new artists? Wow. Yeah. That's, I never oh. heard of that before. I never so that in in the book they did with um with uh image the first three or four issues were done by an artist named Mike S Miller. He's uh he's on the um, Game of Thrones comic books. Okay. Uh, he's been doing that for I don't know eight years or something like that. He's not really a very cool guy to be totally honest though <laughs> so he's not a very cool guy though well there, a lot of them yeah but he's like <laughs> yeah I mean, he's I don't know, we want to get into all that but um he's no what's his name uh what's the guy he wrote he, did, he drew uh batman that you met he was a neil person. adams yeah he's only, he's only neil adams is just full of himself right he's yeah, just he's an arrogant himself. bastard no mike s miller is more like he's a bad person oh okay oh shit <laughs> yeah, yeah. um and uh but he's still like he's still working a lot he did so he did the um uh, i actually got him to sign one of my books my coheed books i got wow. him to sign um issue number two or three of that image run i can't remember which one specifically and now, would that be at your store you can find that and many more books at middle earth comics and collectibles in houston texas we have thousands of selections. 
I've been there. It's a great place. He's got a great owner there. Not a nice guy. He's an all right guy. Yeah. He's really handsome, though. Very handsome. <laughs> <laughs> Watch your wife's. <laughs> well, yeah, this is a pretty crazy place to leave off with the destruction and everything going down the way it is. But, I mean, that's that's pretty much how you do it, right? If you know you're coming back in with another album. And I love the the outro too. It's the first time you hear the kind of the full piano version of the time passage movement, like right. in its entirety, like for the first yeah. time. God, I love that on the outro. Awesome. Man, I might have been getting this mixed up. Then. Is this the last song? No, yes. well, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, without I'm getting, this material. I'm getting yeah. the prison planet the stuff mixed song. up. Then that's on. That's on in keeping secrets. Then what? The prison planet stuff. Oh, okay. I'm getting that confused. Then it's been too long. So yeah, I forgot. Wow. I yeah, this has some this. demos on. It has uh, what else is on here? Elf Tower, New Mexico. iRobot yeah. is on here. That's the next one. iRobot stuff's in the next part. Like, because uh, okay. I think this is thirteen minutes long, right? Uh, well, yes. Yeah. Okay. The, the iRobot. Like that's like a like a little yeah. hidden part, right? Yeah. yeah. Get a fast yeah. little bit. And the, that's iRobot. They they are all iRobots. Right. So they were created by um, something something Amory. I can't remember his okay. fucking name. His first name. They were, that, now, is that a sentient robot creating other robots? No, he was a person. He's a person? Okay. He's an actual person. And um, what happened in that story is that's in uh, Year of the Black Rainbow. He's a normal guy. He's He's got a wife and uh, two kids, uh, or maybe just one. I can't remember. They might have had two, but um, they got a daughter. Her name's Josephine. Okay. And yeah. she, she dies. Okay. And so they're distraught by this. Mm-hmm. And so he creates. Okay. Yeah. He creates a synthetic Josephine, and I think she's actually the first one. All right. Oh. So I, I can't remember now. This is again that album came out like fucking 2012 or 2013. Oh man, something. Yeah, yeah, something like it's that. It's really old. So I, it's been forever since I read it, but I'm pretty certain she's actually the first one created. I think it came out in 2010. Interesting. It might have been. Brett, Brett, I think because I got. I think I got that album when he was born. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, I don't remember. It's been forever it's been a long ago. Time, yeah. Um, maybe, maybe Jesse was first. Okay. I, I don't remember. Um, and then they it's all fun stuff though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then they, of course, they were all created. What ends up happening is, um, Jesse, I mean, Coheed, Cambria, and um, uh, uh, and the Inferno go up against R- Wilhelm Ryan. Okay. Early on, and um. Something happens in the end, and basically, they're allowed to leave. But the the uh, the uh, caveat is that their memories are wiped. Or wiped, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and they're they're not meant to know who they are. Right. And Amory dies, um, uh, and then uh, uh, so Jesse is given to Coheed and Cambria as their daughter, and wow, um, okay. and I don't remember the two little ones they actually gave birth to. And I don't remember if Claudio was uh, made or if they actually had him. I don't remember now. Okay. But that that's what's happened. That so that's what happens in that story. Okay. Yeah, we're reading man, more about what the fucking convoluted, are. but man, I'm intrigued. <laughs> <laughs> I'm skipping over so much, obviously, and I, and there's a lot I don't remember. I mean, but... with the way it's delivered with the story wise, I mean, it makes sense, man. It goes right. backwards and forwards, and you know, like, yeah, I get it. Good Apollo gets really fucking weird, so. Good Apollo is the weirdest of them all. It's very yeah. strange. You're talking about Tim, <laughs> one of my favorite songs on the album too. But... Tim Speed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Speed. yeah, 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 for sure. And you see it like when they do the picture of it, it's like this huge flaming skull, like thing. yeah, you know, <laughs> in the comic that, that I love that image. It looks Me fucking too. awesome. <laughs> it's, uh, the, the the graphic novel from uh, from 
a hot topic that was illustrated by i think christopher shy i think his name was mm-hmm. yes. and um it's a very distinct style it's very distinct it's beautiful i love the book it's dark it's like reminds me of like uh like um spawn undead so there's a series called spawn undead it's like very like like dirty looking yeah, like and painted almost yeah. and uh like like bleeding colors yeah and uh later on though claudio said that he kind of wish he hadn't done that oh yeah he said that it wasn't the right medium to tell the story in okay so i I love the imagery of that comic too no i mean it's great i mean you really can't you know i mean if that's how he feels that's how he feels but i mean as as consumed it when i was what 20 21 something like that um yeah i mean I, i loved it I can't wait to talk about that. Um, anyways, we'll, we'll <laughs> <laughs> it, it does feel like we're laying down foundation work just to get around to talking to that album. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'll, I'll say right now, like it's for me, it's very hard. Uh, Sound Earth and good and good power, like they're hard, oh, neck man. and neck for me, man. It's well, tough. yeah, I would, I, yeah, I agree. It, they are pretty neck and neck, but I, I feel like the the overall arc from the beginning to the end of of in good apollo just completely obliterates mm-hmm. in keeping secrets because production it, wise as well it, it production wise for sure but like the tone is just so so sharp and in keeping secrets? no 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 oh. good apollo, oh, okay. apollo i mean it's just it's like it's just so robust yeah in in just every element of it Sorry, and thanks. And uh, my brother's never been a Coheed fan, and he he still loves uh, Welcome Home like to this day. Like, so, like that, that song, song fucking really reached out to a vast audience, man. Even for <laughs> as heavy it as it fucking is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a, obviously, I mean, it was in movies and yada yada yada. But I mean, I'm not even talking about that though. I'm not talking right. about how successful it was. That's I'm talking, yeah, no, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm saying, there's just so much to it, right? that makes it that much better than in keeping secrets even though in keeping I secrets is, is fantastic i love it yeah, yeah. totally agree totally agree yeah the valorian camper series on on three makes me oh man so oh no back into forever is probably my favorite song overall it's so good it's so back fun. back into forever back into forever oh yeah, yeah. I wish I never. yeah. I, wish, I wish i would never hurt again i mean come on haven't we all thought that damn straight what song is that on that's on in keeping secrets okay okay i thought so yeah, yeah i love that fucking song yeah, yeah part that, of the camper valorium series there's like three songs that are i all love the, i love them all they're all fantastic but yeah. I, for me it's always wow, I, I, I don't know what it is but for me it's always been 2113 man i love that song so fucking cool and weird yeah. and the beat the final yeah 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 it's good but that's a hidden song too though it's a hidden song it yeah. is right please mom yeah they're coming for it's a fucking great song yeah but i don't this like just it's a good album i mean there's no denying it but fucking mm-hmm. good apollo is just solid yeah, and, I, and i haven't listened to that and in really in, in its entirety in years but i still know that I mean, I, I just absolutely love it. Yeah, and I would I would more likely skip around on in keeping secrets. Well, okay, that's yeah. just me. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's go to iRobot. Oh, I know we just spelled that way. Okay. Yeah. It's i comet robot, right? No, it's iro as well as one word and then all caps. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. And I believe iro is actually an acronym. I, that makes sense. I don't remember, but I'm pretty certain huh. it is. Well, this is a lot of it, too, is something, Martin, you already covered about what the iRobots are. Uh, I have another comic side note that's really short here. It says, in the the Amory War canon, iRobots are Android-like organic machines. Many of their series protagonists are iRobots, like you said. 
and they function very similar to humans. Additionally, these particular lines are reprised in 2113. Uh, oh, I didn't know that that was related all to iRobot stuff too. Yeah. Oh. It kind of makes sense though, reading these, reading this, um, iRobot will never die, my robot will never die. You took, you, you look down, but far from out, and the paper reads, you'll lose, iRobot will never, uh, will never kill. Now you told me that this guy created- Amory, Dr. Amory. Amory. Yeah, Am now, here's a, I don't know that this is necessarily from his perspective okay, because well, Jesse created iRobots. Oh. So it could be him. I don't I don't remember. But it, Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Because after you said that, and he makes uh, an android in the image of uh, Josephine, kind of, uh, yeah, my yeah, robot yeah. will never die. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, though she does. And she dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently, if you apply hammer, they die pretty easily. <laughs> They're invincible otherwise. Right, 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 right. right. The hammers are kryptonite. Yeah. That's what gets them. <laughs> but yeah, this is actually a pretty sweet song, dude. Um, it's definitely their softer, one of their softer songs, but it's still, to me, a complete banger. It is. And it was one of the first albums back. It was one of the first albums back in the day that would fast forward to just to find a secret song. I remember. Yeah. Circus of Vibes' first album has it. You know, thirteen minutes later, and like House of Leaves, but like. All, oh, yeah. Like at that point, I think like Tool, like I think it heard theirs on Undertow. It's like great one. goes it up to track sixty nine. It's a great one on uh, Around the Fur too. It's a really good song. Oh yes, absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely, man. Absolutely. And I remember Corn. Corn had one. It was the oh, fucking. God. It was yeah. the guy that. Oh. I'm talking to me trying to tell me how. Doctor to Bill. <laughs> I think the first secret song I knew knew like consciously knew about was Hell Night on the Misfits album, uh, Famous Monsters. What song is that? Shit, that's Hell Night. Awesome. Oh, Hell Night, true. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Hell, Hell Night. Night. Yeah. Based off of that uh, Linda Blair movie. I have that movie. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, it's, it's, movie. it's about that movie. Huge. Yeah. Fazanger. Great movie. Yeah, great movie. <laughs> 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 yeah, keep your eyes on I love this Big song. Big credits. Yeah, in credits. <laughs> I think we got to do that one day. We got to talk about secret songs, man. I don't people talk about it very often. But like, 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 I even thought about, if you guys wanted to, we could talk about... Um, uh, uh, Altar, New Mexico, as well. Yeah, that's a really good song. That wasn't really a hidden song. That was added. What's the B side? Well, that was, but that was it. B side. The B side. Was, was it like added... the deluxe version? They had bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that wasn't until years later. Yeah, right? it was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like '05 when they or '06 when they re-released it with those added tracks to it. Yeah. Yeah, but at Best Buy when they still sold CDs. So right. you go in there now and you see like seven CDs. I see these movies. It's all the and those movies. are a few and far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, an interesting thing. And I mean, side note here, sure. but uh, not just secret song. But have you ever heard like listen to an album that had like a negative lead into a song? What do you mean? Like it's the tail end of a song, right? And the song counts in negative time up until the actual track. No, what? I mean, yeah, yeah. to be honest, when I first bought Koei, they would have kind of those count ins for some of those segues, especially on the keeping secrets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, okay. sometimes it's like it's like a little ominous, uh, foreboding kind of thing, uh, on uh -huh. some songs. Um, and basically, what happens is, is like it's a, a, t a track will end and there'll be like a slight intermission, right? Oh, oh, it's um, like, uh, a, like a 30 uh, second intermission. Yeah, Blue Sky Noise has that. What's that? Blue Sky Noise from Circus of Five has that. Oh, I don't remember that. It's weird, like, sort of, right, guys? They have this weird sort of, like... Well, they have transitions, but it's, like, it, it's kind of the same ideal. It's just done different. It was done differently than, like, Martin saying. Like, it would be, like, a, oh, okay. 
a backward count like like it, it would it would show, i remember putting it into my cd player and the song went in and then it would count back like negative five four, yeah it's like a count three, and it would yeah and it would be some kind of you know ambient music right then and then it would go into the next song yeah, you have yeah, a you have yeah. a song um the only i can't remember the name of the song but it happens on uh dream theater's train of thought album okay that's one that pops in my mind immediately right. and I, I don't remember which two tracks it happens in between but um I mean that's not necessarily a good album, but I mean actually, can we let me roll back here? It's a good album minus the singer. Minus the singer. Yes. <laughs> you always said that. It's the fucking truth, damn it. Remember what the best part about that dream? You bought that dream theater train of thought when it came out. Yeah, I mean, I, Robin, you sat in the car like, man, this would be a great band. This guy <laughs> shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, there's a lot I like about it, but that is yeah. one thing it's hard to get over. Um, I can't. I think I could be wrong about this too. I'm wrong about a lot of things, but I think Queen of Stone Age does that sometimes too. With uh, 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 there's a song. I forget what the song is. It's on the it's on the rated R album. I think it's a feel good hit of summer, and I think on uh, on uh, song for the deaf they do that. They kind of like play it at a, uh, at a weird audio sound. It didn't sound the same oh, yeah. either. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that album's great because it's all like everything's transitioned into a radio, like tuning it to get commercials oh, and okay, stuff. Oh, okay, that's and, interesting. Yeah. It's a yeah. perfect, yeah, it's a perfect album. Yeah. Well, anyways, I'm sorry. There's just a little segue I like there. I just, I'm just curious if that's. Well, no, that's it's something I found interesting too. Is this is back when you know when you actually had to go through the CD and find songs because that's something they did with. Uh, keeping secrets as well. I mean, twenty one thirteen is track number like twenty three, and oh, you had to right. go. And that the last song on the album was "Light in the Glass," which was track eleven. So you literally had to skip twelve tracks to you know, get to it. It's funny about about "In Keeping Secrets" is that first track is what's the name of the? Is it "In Keeping Secrets"? It's is in that, Keeping Secrets. Yeah. So that that yeah. song that song starts up right, and it's like nine minutes long, right? It's long. Yeah. The, the song ends and like it literally fades out, and then you hear. Dun, 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 yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> literally the first time i listened to the album that's the that bought the album first time i bought it and um listen to put it in the cd player at my apartment yeah. right it gets to that part i'm like oh the fucking song skipped I'm like, right? oh, that's what i thought <laughs> because it does sound like they literally just took that they just paused it and took that exact same recording of the opening and then just kind of <laughs> laid the you know the the yeah. ensuing guitar solo on top of it i agree i used to think the same thing man the first time I heard it, I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> <laughs> the entire track is played over? <laughs> yeah, I was just a stupid, stupid kid. Oh, and also, I want, to, I want to hark back on what, what, what Tron was saying about, you know, us looking for secret songs back in the days. Because as kids, getting $20 is pretty hard. So you yeah. buy a CD, you listen to fuck out of that oh CD. Oh, my God. You spent a lot of time oh, shit. on that fucker, dude. It is so different. I mean, it's the same thing, like, when we go to the movie theater, um, uh, go rent a movie back in the day. Right. You had your, you could rent one movie for the weekend or whatever mm -hmm. if you went with your parents and, like, okay, you can get one thing. You, and you're like, oh, fuck, I got to find something. I got to find something. I got to find something. <laughs> and, and you look for the fucking coolest fucking movie cover, cover yeah. that there is. And, you know, it's like fucking... Of Ice Cream Man with, oh, with Clint with Howard, Clint Howard, or it's it's a uh, a snowman, snow uh, Jack Frost, Jack Frost, Jack Frost. Right? <laughs> and you're like, yeah, Jacko, fuck, fuck yeah, like I'm gonna take this back home and rent this, right? Yeah. And you get back and you're like, fuck, I hated every I second of this, hate every second of it. Oh. But you know what? I, I watched it all. I watched the shit out of it. I watched all. <laughs> Better luck next what time. Look at Jacko, pile of shit, but when they quickly shows her boobs, I was like, well, this got boobs in it, so yeah. Go. I mean, I went rented plenty of movies for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially horror movies, they were always in them. Yeah, but the point I'm getting at though is that it's so different now. Well, yeah, back in the day, you'd, you'd get a CD, and th this is what I did when um, uh, fucking No World for Tomorrow came out. Like I was totally stoked about it. Yeah. But in hindsight, I don't think I felt 
amazing about it. I think I wanted to feel amazing about it. And I listened to the entire album. I'm like, yeah, I fucking love Coheed and Cambria. Mm-hmm. I have this album. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love Coheed and Cambria. Hey. I, I still have, have this album. I have this album. <laughs> and and I nowadays, listening. <laughs> nowadays, I'm like, oh, they had a new album out. Oh, let me. Okay, I'm gonna go pick and choose which songs I listen to. Don't like this one. I'll never listen to that right. again. Uh, oh, okay, I can download this one song. This is one song. All right. Sweet. And that's that's where we're at now. That's, that's where we're at now. I don't have to buy a whole album and, and suffer with it. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how much of our love for the almost every song on the album has to do with that, really. Because are, are we really truly giving other bands a fair chance when we're just listening to you know three or four of their best songs and cherry picking them from each band and giving them a fair chance? Like that's something that I had to end up. One of the big reasons uh, I started getting back into vinyl is because it forces me to listen through, through the entire album. And usually by you know after a few months of having it, the original songs I bought the record for, I don't really like listening to, and all the other ones start to rise up as my favorites. Well, it's hmm. funny you say that, Chris, because I back in the day uh, when I was a teenager, I never really listened to System of a Down. Mm-hmm. Right. I never got into them, really. And I've uh, within the last year, I've been listening to them a ton. Really? And so, like, I came to... I came to System of Down in my in my thirties. My, 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 <laughs> yeah. And um and you know, of course you listen to Chop Suey, you listen to Aerials and those name those those tracks that are uh um obviously everyone knows them, right? right. Stable songs, right. Stable songs. And those are all good songs. And you know, I they, mean they I guess. Well, actually well, I can see why you might not think so, but like when you when you look at read their lyrics and understand like the messaging behind, oh, I, get, I get that. I used like, to listen to Six of the Down, dude. You're like, holy shit, these guys, and they're still consistent to this day. Yeah, I haven't gone back. No, I'm talking about like I'm not not I'm not talking about the music is consistent. I'm not saying it holds up. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm saying no, them those people those individuals uh-huh. are those exact same people now as they were back then. Oh, yeah, okay, except yeah. the drummer, huh? The drummer. Uh, well, I'm not, again, I'm not saying that they're the same band. I'm, I'm saying that, like... Well, no, no, no. They're, it they're, is the same <laughs> members, but that drummer, like, that guy's, like, a crazy fucking right-wing, like... Oh, is he? Uh, that, I, yeah, oh, I'm, yeah, man. I'm, I'm talking about... That's why they I haven't mean, put out a like, new album in, like, seven years. But they did put out... Um, yeah, two, two, hit LP. Some, some, yeah, some music recently. Oh, too. they did um, two songs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah They yeah. said they're not going to record anything else. But even even with that, we have an outlier in the group. I mean, every I guess everyone has that, but, like... Their their intent, their fucking like morals are the same, and I respect that quite a lot. Sure. But but um, more so than that, like other than those fucking popular songs, my favorite song actually that I I found that I like by System of a Down is a song called Question. Yeah. I think that's great. That, that's their best song. Yeah, when that song, the song gets quiet and it's like yeah, it just it's really. I oh, fucking love that song. Nah. Link, here he comes to save the day. <laughs> Dude, that video is so fucking awesome, too, man. I love that music video. I do like Steal This. I think it's called Steal This Album. Steal This Album's fucking great. Oh, Besides, I think that's oh, a really yeah. good album. So. Well, I'm, all I'm getting at is like what Chris is saying. Like, you know, when you bought an album back in the day, you know, we kind of we gave it a lot of uh, ourselves to it. Right. Even, yes. even if we didn't really totally like it. Me and, 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 and you talked about this before. We play like. You're playing like Final Fantasy VII or some shit as a kid. You just listen to music all day while you're playing the video games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like you spend a lot of time with it. So yeah, and yeah. and and nowadays it's not like that. And maybe maybe like the 18 year olds that are getting into Coheed now, maybe they feel that way. 
Maybe, yeah. You know, but also they don't have to buy the album yeah, like that. Don't. So yeah. right. you go to YouTube, watch it, listen to it for free. You go to YouTube, watch it for. I mean, I I have Apple Music. That's how I listen to all my music now, which mm-hmm. is like Netflix for music. Yeah. And um, I pick and choose for the most part what I listen to, but there are bands like I'll when I I like to look for new stuff and. There's plenty of bands where like, oh, okay, I like this whole entire album, and I'll put that album on my phone and I'll listen to the whole thing, mm-hmm. and I'll do it by, you know, I'll just jump around on on their release and like, yeah. this is good, this is good, all right, well I've enjoyed most of it, so I'll put the whole thing on here. Yeah, I agree. And then there's other bands where I'm like, I only like this one song, and I'll listen, <laughs> I only listen to that. Yeah, a lot of these bands. There's more of that than not, yeah. Yeah, especially in my case, I have so much of my actual same songs are just maximum three or four from a band but it's very rare that i find a band that i'm like oh everything these people do is extremely good yeah uh, well, i mean especially newer bands for me yeah well, which I- is really shitty because it's really like there's a scenario and i've had this scenario happen a few times before i'm like huh i've heard three or four songs from this band i've literally liked every single thing i've listened from them and then it'll just float in the air it'll just it'll just they'll always stay that way right yeah Maybe, I mean, you know, it, and this is weird to say it, but it does probably have something to do with our age. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's a different, different time. I mean, we've <laughs> got, well, I mean, we've just gotten to a point now where like we want what we want and we know what we want. And the moment we don't get it, we're like, let's fucking move on. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I just, I just don't want to be stuck. Same as the, true. I, I, I sure. feel like I put conscious effort into not being the guy who's still listening to fucking Journey songs for 30 years straight. <laughs> no. I just well, feel like this yeah. is as good as music gets and it's never going to be better well, than that. There's nothing that. wrong with that, but there's, you got to kind of evolve with your taste. No, or at least, at least sure. try to listen to some shit. <laughs> try, at least try, yeah. At one point, I was a massive diehard Metallica fan, and I can't, I can hardly listen to them now. Right. So, um, I mean, you, I mean, yeah, like Chris said, I don't want to be the person that is 45 years old, I'm like, fuck yeah, Metallica. And those people are great. Don't get me wrong. But I don't want to be that way. I got a friend way. that's very much like that. Yeah, I don't want to be that way. I want to be the guy that's like, music peaked right when I was getting into it the most. Like, that can't be, you can't be that dude. Yeah. I, 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 um, I remember, I think what really tainted, <clears throat> tainted the Metallica stuff for me was, like, in high school, every white guy being like, they're, you're, you're a Metallica fan, right? It's like, no, I, I, don't, I hate Metallica. Like, every class I went to, if there was a different, um, uh, uh, I don't know. They, it, it, they, you're saying that people made an assumption of you? Yes, they made an okay. assumption. So every white kid loved Metallica bad things. like... No, man. We're, I like something else. I don't like Metallica. I mean, it's fine, whatever, but like... Well, yeah, but you, if you said you like Pantera, right, <clears throat> what you did back in the day... I still do. I, no, what I'm getting at is people would have been like, oh, okay, Pantera, so you must like Metallica. They would do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, I mean, the, I mean, obviously, they're both metal bands, but they really couldn't be further from each other. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And, I, yeah, I can get... Man, I mean, I can't... Huh? Old man corner tonight. Yeah, right. Yeah. God, get off my lawn. <laughs> get out of my music. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, Bryce listens to all stuff on YouTube. It's crazy. Uh-huh. It's like it's like it's it's music that's create. It's 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 like say Fortnite. Mm-hmm. There's music in Fortnite, right? So somebody gets the idea to rip music from Fortnite and then put a beat to it and put rap lyrics to it, mm-hmm. and they're about Fortnite. And kids, look, I'm like, I don't was, I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm speaking uh, speaking of all of this, there's, I think really touching on like what Jeremy's saying, being a white teenager um, in in the late '90s 
in the early 2000s. Yeah. There's a great documentary on Hulu about Woodstock 1999. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and, it, and it is a fantastic oh, yeah, I can see that. It's mm-hmm. really fucking good. And it really delves into the the mindset of the straight white guy oh. in the 90s. Oh, and, and, and basically how Woodstock 66 or whatever it was, right, yeah. was like a, like a movement that 69. had so much. 69? Yeah. Is it one of the original ones? It had so much like actual credibility to it because it, it, at the time it happened it was so much more like revolutionary, revolutionary, mm-hmm. and the music spoke to everybody, everybody. And, and it was a varied variety of music. You know, you had Jimi Hendrix, Bob Dylan, all these fucking. I mean, there couldn't. I mean, but, the, uh, the rock. A lot stuff. of fucked up shit still happened there. It just wasn't. Yes. Wildly, yeah, yeah. A lot of fucked widely up shit as crazy yes. as ninety nine was. No, <laughs> yeah. But the in the they they contrast that to the ninety nine one, and it's like there was absolutely nothing there but uh, uh, capitalism. Wow. That was capitalism was the fucking driving force of Woodstock '99, oh right? Yeah. So the What's people, this documentary right now? It's 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 on Hulu. It's called okay. well, I think it's just called Woodstock '99. Yeah. Oh, and, like that. And, I pass I pass by. I'm gonna check it out for sure. And it's like uh, they were charging like four dollars for a bottle of water at this thing. Four dollars, which is yeah. a lot of money back in 1999 for a bottle. And they water. still charge that now, which is kind they of still funny. do. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But you know, four dollars in '99 was worth more I than four dollars right. in 2000. Um, but that was yeah. the only source of water, wasn't it? Uh, they had like um, like water like spigots set up around the place, oh. mm-hmm. but as the the event went on, uh, people started getting more and more uh, frustrated with like the lack of facilities. Right, the, the oh, porta potties overflowed within like hours. Jesus, when the when people got there, um, it took you had to walk like a mile to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it was well, because the high. rain and the mud and everything, yeah, it was a complete utter literal shit show. <laughs> uh, there wasn't really a whole lot of rain. What the where the majority of the water came from was that they had those water spigots set up and people broke fucking into broke into it. Oh. that caused a lot of it. And then yeah, I think it did rain, obviously. But yeah, it rained like then, two days straight. <laughs> they, it was like fucking. Uh, yeah, they were just playing in the shit, and most people didn't realize it. Mm. Anyways, what it boils down to though is the mindset of the like the straight white guy yeah. listening to new metal. Hey, and, and, was good too. No, but here's the thing: is like new metal had this like like faux angst to it, right? Yeah. Right. I mean, think about Fred Durst in 1999. Think about what? Fred Durst. Yeah, Fred Durst. Think about him. Just think about him. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, like, like Skinny really, what's wrong? Yeah. <laughs> but what did he have to be angry about? Nothing. Not really anything, right? Right. And because he couldn't that... fucking rap. <laughs> <laughs> and that that influenced. That like mindset right. is what fucking Woodstock '99 was. I'll get a fucking and, chainsaw, ground your ass raw. Yes, that shit. It was. A, it's a really good documentary. I can't. I can't recommend it highly enough. It all about. I think it goes into well what you were talking about a minute ago. Right. Anyways, I'm sorry. I just kind of. That's good. That was good. That's good. It's that a great documentary, man. <clears throat> this is a fantastic album, man. Um, yeah, it's. It still blows my mind today after not listening to it probably like probably longer than a year. It's probably been like two or three years for me. Now. I have no idea when the last time I listened to it was. Yeah. I, I go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's been a long time for me as well. And it's this is one of those things when you go back and it kind of reminds you like, oh man, this is actually some really good fucking music that was in here. And then you try to think about like, why did I ever stop listening to this? But then you just realize that you just get distracted by anything else that there is and then you know it's one of those things that pops up and it's fun to go back and listen to it's almost nostalgic it's so funny that it's so that old that it's nostalgic to fucking yeah, listen yeah. to 
Big thing for me though is that we listen to this shit all the time. Oh god. Yeah. We listen to Cody and Camber all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get a bike car, I get a Martin's car, listen to Cody and Camber. It's like Cody and Camber all the fucking time, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like yeah. every day. Coheed or Coheed. Misfits or yeah, uh, like Lamb of God. Yeah. Them. But I mean, yeah, pretty much the same handful of bands for the most part. Right. And then I started, you know, then you start branching out into things. And I think Coheed is what did it for me. Um, Good point. It really did. It, it was the most unique music I had heard up to that point. Oh, same, man. Yeah. Same. And so from there, like, I was. Circus Survive was in Circus Survive. Oh, shit. Could get into Circus Survive. Couldn't get into fucking Sayosin. Could get yeah. into. Um, fucking Glassjaw could get uh, into Follow Troy. Follow Troy. Follow Troy, man. I mean, the fucking world opened up for me musically yeah. when, yeah, when a, lot I, of, lot of, a lot of bands there I listened to at the time that were very different from each other. Yeah, um, and it's interesting. Like, if you think about music as like a technology, it's like all different stuff. Yeah, yeah Death Cab. Yeah, I mean, it's like I was saying. Like, if you think about music as like a technology and how different fucking like things are from 2002 to now mm. i mean could you imagine coming across toast and abasi in 2002 oh, as, as, as good as he is now back then I'm like what the fuck is that real <laughs> <laughs> you could have a terabyte hard drive fucking toast is the terabyte hard drive of like when we're still living in the 512 megabyte fucking era <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like what the how is he doing that Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. I mean, I just, music has changed so much. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And I don't think you know. I'll, I'll say this: uh, I don't think I ever talked. I don't think I ever talked about a band as much as Cody the Camera too, because there's that story there, and you, mm-hmm. you get the liner notes from the CD. And you're like all like talking. What, is this? what do you think this means, man? What do you think this means? Yeah, I remember when Mike and I met back okay. in the theater in the day. We talked about Coheed almost every day. We I talked for there. Fucking fascinated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember we talked about it all, all the time. Yeah, and that show never get old to me, man. Like that's why I just like, ah, oh, damn it. That's why these. Once we go through these next two albums, they're, they're like easily two. At least albums two and three are probably two of my favorite albums of all time. At least in the top ten somewhere, man. God damn it, yeah. especially Good sure, Apollo. I Fuck, I love Good Apollo. Oh, it's so good, dude. I agree, man. It, it, it was a, it was a really interesting time and. Um, ever since that time, I've never really talked about a band like this and got that deep into the lyrics and stuff like that. Oh, that's yeah, never never happened for me again. Never happened again. No. Yeah, uh, I, I know that in, in the idea of creating a storyline that has like a beautiful arc to it, uh, I, I do enjoy the Deer Hunter. They did a good job of doing that as well. Uh, oh, but okay. yeah, as far as the universe like this, I, I don't really know another band that's touched it in that kind of way. Yeah. Um, great, great band that, that we got influenced too back in the day. Oh man, well, so. Judas Priest with their uh, Dos- Nostradamus album. Oh, it's a pile of shit! Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> oh. it was so embarrassing, man. Nostradamus. I don't want. I don't want to have man. But Judas Priest, like, you know what we need? Ripper we need a twelve-minute song about fucking Nostradamus. <laughs> and we're gonna go on tour as well. And that's good. And they're gonna, and he's gonna be uh, the dressed like Nostra Thomas. Yeah, he's gonna be in the persona of Nostra Thomas. Leather Daddy Nostra Thomas. That sounds actually very interesting. I mean, <laughs> I like yeah. Oh well, I like a lot of stuff. Give me a break. Sure. All right. Well, guys, anything else to say? We jump off here. I'm very much looking nope. forward to fucking for keeping secret three. Uh, this is when my love for Coheed really started to fucking come through, dude. 
Then, then good Apollo. I mean, we've got two banger fucking episodes coming up next. Definitely do. Well, Martin, thanks for being here. You want to plug your show, your shop, show shop? I mean, I've said it several times here. If you don't know it by now, I'll tell you again. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh, I own the Middle Earth Comics and Collectibles in Houston, Texas. You can find me on both Instagram and Facebook. Um, it's just uh, Middle Earth Comics Houston on either one of those. Okay. Well, thanks for being here, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having well, me. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Bringing that knowledge. Some well, of it. More than we had. So. Yeah, wait. <laughs> I had no clue. Uh, all right, well, guys, everybody, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, take it easy out there, and remember, don't be a piece of shit. Talk to you guys next time. Bye. Power, no